Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, Ometeo, Tonansi, Tonato. Aslan Natives Podcast. Yo, yo. What's up, Zero? What's up, Armando? DJ Warlock One. Cisco, what up, man? What's going on, Aslan? Chilling, chilling right here in the in the Cali of you, Lost Aslan. You know, Zero, I have a huge smile on my face, man, because of the guests we have in the building, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Brother Cisco is probably one of the talented gems that we have in Los Angeles. You know, um, uh, he's a very talented photographer because he has like retro styles that's what i that's what i liked and you know he just finished telling me that he's gonna help me finish my video so now we have it on the podcast i got you Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> it's co-signed and it's, it's the contract signed on that one absolutely i got you Carlo. yeah well i i your aesthetic and your style fits right into the new single that zero has right zero absolutely yeah. you know i like the fact that you know when we did our photo shoot that's the one that we use for this flyer. You know, that's right, one of right. your photos. Um, I've been telling him that I've been using his photos for like promotional stuff and Armando has been using it. But he told me he did video, but it wasn't like traditional video, like right. a video, like a music video. He had his own art to it. And when he showed me an example of it, I was like, whoa, this is fire. I want to do this for my whole video, my whole music video. And it's pretty cool. So it would be nice that, you know, we finish up those last shots. Not very many. Right, right. And then we'll release Global Pandemic Mask Required for sure. But hey, hey thanks for coming on the show, though. Hey, Carlos, I got you, man. Yeah, I had a, I had a ball with you last time. And shit, and, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. It was fun to do the the the. I, I took you out of your element, I think, with the with the cover, the photo for the cover, because I, right, I right, you told right, me right. That, yeah. that you're more into the street um, things. But I, I had this vision about the cover, so I went, well, let's let's talk to the let's you know who are we if we're not challenged right exactly. and i think the photo came out great and you you used all your your uh photographer skills and right, right. i think it came out great okay perfect yeah. uh, i'm i'm more comfortable in a in a street portrait style and shit that's what i usually call it uh with the uh without the use of you know the, the lights I like to use what's around me. Anything that's ambient, uh, anything that's that's around that's around me that gives me that uh, uh, not just an aesthetic, but the feeling of being outside. Absolutely. And, and so then and shadows shadows play a, oh, play yeah, a role. Yeah, a lot. Right? Yeah. I, I, I see in contrast a lot. That's and I, I that's kind of a talent to do that because you got to visualize it that way. Right, right. Yeah. And th there was a time where. Because we all have to learn our tools. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to use that hammer like that before. Right. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to yeah. get there. You know, absolutely. You have to. 
from your head to this object here to absolutely see it has to translate but yeah yeah i got to, to know how to do my settings and everything to what i see already here well see that's that's when i know when i got into photography and i was like why are my pictures looking just like regular like i want them to stand out right 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 but then you go into the settings i, I mean i mean you do your research as much as you can so right. that you can become the artist that you need to be but I don't want to skip a step. Let's let's introduce people to who exactly you are. Oh, okay. And how long you've been taking photos? Yeah. LA Native. This is probably one of the most talented um, black and white, uh, or just photographer in general. But his aesthetic is black and white. It's like seeing black and white tattoos. <laughs> Your photos are like black and white tattoos. I to appreciate me. that. Guy. So that's like they're all feeder man. And you know yeah. what I love about it is that you can take. It, you don't have to be famous to see. Like, you know what I mean? Some people take pictures of famous people so that they go, look, look at the, the right, pictures right, I, right, that right. I do. I've, I've been hit with that before. Uh, that'll make somebody look famous. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to brag on it, but it's just the way I see things. He just um, made me look famous right now. <laughs> <laughs> look, guys, I have to admit, you know, uh, Cisco shot me at least four or five months ago. To this day, I'm using the photo he took for my Instagram profile picture. Yeah. That he he has a certain angle, and like he says, he sees in contrast. So then yeah. he's looking at shadow versus like object. I'm thinking, you know, the the, the thing that helps me a lot is uh, when the person I'm shooting gives me their true self and their honesty. That's what I seen. With, I took your shot when we was outside. Yeah, yeah. That took, when I when I when I seen you in that light, I'm like, it's gonna give me the truth. Right. And that's gonna. Uh, Kind of tell me who you are and shit. I'm in and you know, how I see you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I want to give that out there. So it's it's a thing for me to take the shot and the minor manipulation that I do with it. Like the most of the the, the which I won't even call it Photoshop. What I do with an image, the way I alter it, is what you would do in a dark room, mm. which is contrast. Mm. Uh, you know, light it up here a little bit, but that's all I do on there. Uh, so you use the color correction as just a photo, like a not, not color correction, really. It's, well, it's not uh, color correction because yeah. you're black and white. Right. But. Most of my stuff is color uh, black and white. So all I do is either add more light or contrast. There's there's the manipulation that I do the images. The pixels, is, right? Yeah. I don't I don't go too deep into it. So right. whatever comes out the camera, I just brighten it up. Right. Add contrast, and that's basically and, it. Which reminds me of black and white tattoos, like or yeah. black and gray tattoos. Because it's really about how the artist contrasts. Right. That's pretty dope. I like that. So if anybody's trying to, you know, become a photographer or use their camera in a certain way, you got to listen to this episode because this brother is a super talented and well-known shot. I mean, I'm sure you <laughs> shot. You shot. I shot some a lot of people, yeah, yeah. you know, talk about a couple of people you shot and what, what was the experience? Well, was it difficult? Well, and you don't have to name names. Just, yeah, no, I mean, just well, my, I think my best experiences is uh, if you don't want to, it, it's uh, my best experiences with people are these uh, these impromptu uh, street portraits that I do. Mm. Uh, it's more challenging to, to to get a great image from someone who's not used to the camera. And I and when I I think the communication and and, and the way we we uh, we come across that situation is I. I I just ask them for honesty, and I and I give them the story that how important a, 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 a dope portrait is, 
because it's going to be there forever. I mean, we could all take iPhone shots and be happy and, and all this other stuff, but take time to take an image of yourself and represent that right because it's going to carry on through generations because three generations from now, they're not going to know you, and shit, but they're going to, you're going to speak through that image. Right. I, I think that's what our people did back in the days, and I say this story a lot. Is uh, us being Mexicanos, indigenous folks out here, uh, a lot of our people didn't have the, the the funds to go to the back in say for instance 1910 or whatever. We mm-hmm. have pictures of our grandparents, oh, okay. and there's always that image of your grandparents. They went to the studio, mm-hmm. so they actually saved their money to go to a studio to take that shot to communicate to their lineage later that right. this is who we are because, because the technology was new back then. Yeah, and it was. It, and, it was expensive. I'm sure it was expensive. Yeah, yeah, so when you think like. I have pictures of my, my great-grandparents, and they're they're in the studio, and they, they got that shot, and they're all dressed up. Mm. And it's always a grandfather looking dead at you, mm. and the grandmother right there, you know, next to him, and they're they're kind of speaking to you in that sense. And you look you look to that, because that's the only communication you have. What he's speaking to you is through that image. So it has to be a, 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 a very powerful shot, and they meant it to be that when they took those images. Wow, that's crazy. I just finished seeing... Zero, that's a lot to soak in, right? Absolutely. Well, because when when you think of your grandparents taking a photo, that technology was brand new. Right, right. It wasn't like something, it was like, you know, cell phones today or whatever, or the smartphones. But now that you say and explain it that way, I look at the picture, I could could vividly remember the picture that I just seen a few days ago um, of my grandparents young. They had to be at least... Oh, my grandfather looked 20. My grandmother was around the same age. Yeah. And they were in this scene and they were sitting down in a chair and he had his suit on and she had a dress on. He explained it yeah. all. I'm like looking at this image going, holy fuck. That yeah, was- it, it's especially it's, it, it, I'm talking about, this, especially the images from like the early 1900s. Right? Yeah, that, that's- and, and then because grandparents on my, on my mother's side and my father's side, they actually did the same thing. Mm. Because there's always a, that image, that important image of your great grandfather and your great grandmother. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side, it's the same thing. They're like they had the same mentality to go to this this uh, studio to get this actual image done. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. wherever they where they lived at, whether the rancho or the pueblo, they they sought out to go to the photographer to the studio, and, and they thought it was that important to leave that legacy behind of that imagery. And yeah. then the grandfather's always looking like really manly and really strong. Absolutely. I think he was trying to translate and, and speak to us in that and through that image. Mm. So I try to explain to folks what that means to me mm. and how we should leave a footprint of who we are, not just through two goofy images and, and us drinking and all that's one that's mm-hmm. that's dandy and shit, right? But you you need to leave something to communicate to you. If you're not gonna leave a a a, 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 a vocal recording mm. actually speaking to them, mm. leave them an image that'll give them pride. Right. I think those things are important. And that's how I, when I take images, that's what I try to convey. And I try to tell, tell people, give, I need that from you. Mm-hmm. Don't speak to me, speak to your, your great grandkids. and shit. Wow. That's so, kind of a heavy, you know. Yeah, I'm but gonna, I, I, that's how I look at, that's yeah. how I look at this art form and shit. Because I get people all the time, hey, take a picture of me right now. And so I'm like, ah, I, I can't do that right now. You know, because it doesn't, it's not going to mean anything because you're, the, you're in a different state. Of mine right now is shit. Uh, they're gonna pose and they're yeah. Gonna, so I, I, they're gonna pick the spot. <laughs> yeah, and I tell everybody, I, I when I t- when I take an image, 
I have to have full discretion of, of, of what I'm doing because I can tell people, if you wanted a, 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 a painting of yourself, if you go to Picasso, he's going to paint you like he sees you. Right. And you're not going to look like you look and right. shit, right? Because it's, it's, it's at his discretion. And you go to Michelangelo, he's going to paint you in a different way. Mm -hmm. So you know who you're going to for that. So when you when you come to me and ask for an image, I need that, that discretion because I consider myself an artist mm -hmm. in that sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't, they take that word lightly and shit. Right. I take it to heart when when, right. when I'm, I'm called an artist, and I take that I, I take that, and, I, and I've actually called myself that, and I have to remind myself that that's what I am and shit. Well, I guess if you if you um if you look at it as a, a photographer versus somebody who is an artist, right? There's, I mean, people take pictures of protests and and things right. for newspapers, and and some of those photos are iconic. Iconic, yeah. yeah. And and that's what I mean about like. So I guess I know what you mean by, um, you know, stamping. I don't know. Photos are always going to have a role in our lives. Yeah. Right. And it started with our grandparents. Right. Because, I mean, like I said, you 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 described like a manly thing. And my, my grandfather was short and he was very timid. And you could see it in the photo. I mean, he you could almost tell that he didn't even want to wear the suit. Right. But my my grandmother, she she's was a strong, strong one. Okay. She's the one. Then that interprets that. Exactly. So, Sit down. We're going to take this photo. Be quiet. <laughs> then it still meant something though, yeah. because now you know uh, either their relationship or, yeah. or or through her message, right. you know it was important for her, yeah. and she, I, she saw that Absolutely. instead of him seeing that she saw it. Then well, my grandmother always felt like, well, if there's a new technology, why can't we get it? You know, if we work hard enough right. and long enough, we can get it. Like she always used to shop at. Um, my sister tells me stories, and my mom tells me stories about her going to department stores and. She was bigger because she got overweight when she came to um, the U.S. She would just go to department stores and make her own clothes that she yeah. saw. She's all, oh, okay, I can make that. And then, boom, she made it right. for herself, for right. her size. Well, remember back in the days, they used to buy the patterns a lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's I my think, grandma. <laughs> I think that's a that's another dope story uh, of uh, patterns and, 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 and dressing ourselves and having our own style, too, and which I dig because I, I dig a lot of the styles from... Even from the 40s, 50s, and 50s, like with today, uh, when I shoot people, or either, either they come up for a, a portrait session, when they're, that's why I like to shoot artists, because regular folks, which <laughs> they tend to dress just bland mm -hmm. for me, you know, and I need something from you and shit. Right. Uh, something eclectic, uh, right. something classic, or right. something like that to give the, the image more. Because also, I'm I can't make every shot great because I'm it's what I'm working with and what you give me. So a lot of times before I have a, a, a photo session, I like to sit back and break bread with them, and mm -hmm. so they can know you know what I'm looking for right. and what I need from them, which is total honesty and shit too yeah it, it you know your, your statement just a second ago reminded me of my videographer who used to be a photographer and says dude we're gonna take 50 pictures yeah but we're only gonna pick one yeah you know and it's like you have to review each picture you have to see wow i like the face but i don't like the lighting right, oh right, i like right. the you know things that are very detailed and you just pick one out of those 50 but how many i know when we took photos i mean we must have took like at least a 
photos. Yeah, that's because we were in different locations. Right. And I only picked yeah. 10. Yeah. So you know? And we, even then, it has to get edited to, right, you know, right. to the ones that Armando is using yeah. on the like, pliers and shit. I, uh, when, I'm, when I'm doing, when I'm really light on it is when I do these, uh, these street portrait sessions and shit, is um, I, I take very few of them. And I, I share maybe one or two from that session, you know, a lot of times, you know, and because I have to be, I, I want to save something for later and shit too, you know, uh, not like today I went, I went out to my old neighborhood and I always go out there. I, I every, cause I, you know, I live in the high desert. So once a week I come to LA, I come up, drop off some film and then I go shoot because I'm still working on my book about the area where I was born, mm. born and raised at in South Central. And I do my own walking. And then after I shoot that, then I come back and hang out with, with the old cats from the neighborhood and shit. I hang out there, but I, I'm i always shooting because ain't no telling what I'm going to find or what's going to bring back some of the old memories. Mm. Uh, so I do that. I do that mostly once a week. Right. I might miss a week or so, but I, I tend to come out here at least once a week to, to come shoot. And if, and if it's not a shoot with anybody else, I just come out here to, to shoot just because I, I need to. Uh, it's like your 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 commitment to your art, right? Yeah, like yeah. this day, I'm just going to take exactly. my camera. I'm going to go to my neighborhood. And, and, I'm, go and, to I'll, Los and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, that's good. I leave it at that's that. That's dope. And it, it's kind of a. It's kind of like when you're a producer and you go, okay, on Thursdays, I just make beats. Yeah. I'm just going to go and make right. beats. Don't call right. me. I'm not going to. If I shoot one shot that day, that's perfect because I, I was in my in my space mm. you know and i need that i need i need that as an artist uh we can't get too detached because of work and all that stuff but we do right mm. so you have to make an effort to do something right just just not to stay relevant but to keep that flow going and shit and i i think i need that for me i need that yeah i mean like i, I was you know who was it i think it was rick rubin i was seeing a documentary on rick rubin and he said something about creating music is just something about like just making song after song after right, song. Right. You make like thirty songs, and then you know seven of them make it. Yeah, make it. You know, but it's it's like exercise. It's like uh, exercising that muscle, right. you know, and and that creative muscle that we need to do. Uh, some people could do without it. I, I personally, I need it. Mm. I actually need even when I'm at the pad, I I see things. And even when I wake up early in the morning, I get up and I walk out my bedroom and I see the, the sunshine coming through the, cause I see light. And I, right. to me, light is like the most precious thing. Mm. Uh, the way a person reflects light is also important to me. Right. Uh, a lot of people don't, don't tend to reflect light like others. I've noticed that the more famous photographers are black and white photographers. Like, you know, for me, right, the, right. the ones that I've seen, like, you know, they're just more like, face portrait angle lighting yeah. color of the person right like the person is like maybe from africa and she's super super dark right and and and, and uh the more darker the skin uh the the browns and the blacks they reflect light so beautiful man. Mm -hmm. to me i mean mm -hmm. right <laughs> that's my i'm in my essence when i'm in there man and, right and i'm that's why i uh I guess shape I, of face too, right? Shape like of face also. The way too. The, the face is shaped and certain but uh, you, profiles. You, you find these uh, visually pleasing to you, I mean, and certain people too, 
And sometimes somebody might not be attractive that other people might not deem attractive, mm -hmm. but you see it in them mm. and you try to bring that out. Mm. Uh, and I, I go for that, man. I, and like I said, I love to be challenged too. Absolutely. And it, it, it keeps you on your toes, man. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, from your photography and your video clips, I mean, they're, they're impressive. They're like Thank really you. artistic. Like, Thank you. I like it. Cause like I said, they have a retro feel to it. They don't, it, it almost has like your own rap style. You know what I mean? Like you have your own style. Well, I, as I've said this before with a lot of other folks, um, my my love for photography came from, you know, your uh, National Geographic's mm -hmm. uh, record when I was a kid growing up. I spent a lot of time playing a record and going through the whole album, mm. you know, just looking at the artwork. Uh, that's what caught my eye. Bob Dylan's album back in the days. His girlfriend was a photographer. Mm. She's taking photos of him walking the street or in the studio, stuff like that. I, I really dug. So my aesthetic is that. So an image being solidly clear and perfectly lit is not always the thing that I'm looking for. I'm looking right. for that emotion, for that for that moment too, right. which, right. which 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 I try to capture. Mm. And I I think that resonates with a lot of people when they see my images because they, they do call it retro classic. Mm -hmm. So you're understanding where I'm coming from with that. So most that's of not easy to do with the photo. Yeah, I know. Like, to, you know, it's like, it's like kind of like writing lyrics and you're like trying to convey a message. And if somebody gets what you're saying, wow, you kind of did the good job, right? Because right, I right. conveyed the, re the message. Exactly. And, and when, it's, well, when your message is understood, it's what's dope. Yeah. When, you're, when they comprehend what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And, and when they can relate to it, like, oh, I, yeah. And it, and it gives you that feeling because I want people to feel what I feel when I, when I see dope work and shit. When I've seen albums of uh, Electric Ladyland with Jimi Hendrix with... Linda uh, McCartney uh -huh. shooting his, his mm. stuff in the background in, in the studios and whatnot. I always dug that, and I always thought I would love to be the photographer, photographer in, the in, in that. You know, imagine being a photographer for the Rolling Stones when they were like in in sixty six, sixty seven. Yeah, yeah. How everything they shot was dope, and and then you, you actually look at photography even from regular people from the fifties or forties. You never see a bad image, even though right. it was. Even if it's a kid on the couch with a tube TV on the side, it, it was always dope to me. Right. So that's what my love for that kind of imagery and, and how I shoot. It, 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 that's what I'm trying to. Let. Well, the references that you're pulling out in terms of inspiration are times where like that technology was so new that you had no other choice but to put lights around it and make yeah, it yeah. a stage yeah. and put a nice couch. Right. Right. Because that was TV. Right. During that time, you know, you would look at that photo over and over again. Just yeah. like, oh, wow. Like, I could just imagine my grandma. Look, it's us. Look. <laughs> you know, it's showing my grandfather. It's, it's, it, it's crazy how photos have that much power and how much um, feeling come from it. I right. guess why that's why Native Americans kind of had a, a dual kind of relationship taking with of that. The souls yeah, the not. taking yeah, of it. They yeah. felt like, you know, um, like, there's no picture of Crazy Horse because he refused to yeah. take a picture. He was like, I'm not going to take a picture ever. And that's crazy. That's dope. I, that, I mean, but, you know. Crazy Horse was around. Right, right. 
Crazy Horse was around when photographers were available, right? Right, right. Well, it was early stages technology because you got like sitting bull in a picture. You got that's the image that everybody uses. Yeah, the ten types and stuff like that that they were shooting back then. Yeah, and it was like they would give them like a nickel for a photo. Like they would take a photo for someone. Like a couple would come up and say, "Oh, I want a picture of the Indian," and he would take yeah. a photo and charge them a nickel, and that's how they made their living. But then when they, they were in the rest, I think that's the story. That translates to selling your soul, too. Exactly. You think of it. When well, the first so, rock star, right? Yeah. It would be yeah, like exactly. the first so, rock star so because all those, making money off of it. All those ancient pictures that we see, there were commodities for white people. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's they, how they wow, made that's, their living. That's. They've always been. Well, think about it, Armando. <laughs> every day. Think about it. Think about it very closely. Here's where we're gonna go deep on this. When they got put on reservations, they had no other alternative for making income, right? But they would write these stories in newspapers about the great war chief, how many right. people he's killed, and how many this and that. And whether it was true or not, the white people who knew how to read wanted to take a memorabilia of that person. And so they would, you know, this new technology is around called photos. And they convince Crazy Horse, or I mean, not Crazy Horse, they convince Sitting Bull, they convince Geronimo, they convince whoever. These are the old, you know, they're like movie stars, but they actually did some shit. But in, in the new technology, which is photos, it's like, oh, I got a picture of yeah, the war chief, look. And they hang it up in their wall. And that's the great war chief that they took a photo of, you know. That's my understanding of it. Yeah, they've always been intrigued. Yeah, and some people <laughs> yeah. like some people like you know they they uh, they like some medicine men. They're like, Fuck, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Some some did, some did it. I'm not gonna judge anybody for who whatever happens. But I guess the conversation that we're having here on LA Natives is how powerful photos are and how long they translate. Because look, Sitting Bull was 1800s. It's like like Beethoven. Like, you know so, what I mean? So let's go back 500 years ago. What, what, what was the equivalent of photos back then? Was it like statue making, paintings, obviously, paintings, right? Portraits, you know? Yeah, that's a good question, Armando. I don't, I don't ever. Which still well, I guess, important. I guess. Because in, in the sense of the whole picture, like photography is pretty new, right? It's only been around, what? A couple hundred years, of, I believe, if not late like late 1700s uh when they started dabbling in it with the chemicals and stuff but i think the 1800s would because I mean, we have civil war photos and that's what 1840s yeah yeah so early 1900s late 1800s is when like it became available yeah. for yeah, like readily everyone ava- yeah. readily available were like early 1900s were the the, the brownies the, the, the box cameras and stuff like that where right buy one and then send it back and then well it was an industry it's to me it's like the first tv because i'm telling you you take that photo and go back home and hey look everybody yeah. look and everybody's like glued onto it like it's a fucking television you know yeah like i i, I never met my grandfather apparently he passed away when my father was about six seven years old but all the pictures that he's in man he just looks very brutal you know just just very stern very just committed to Raising his family and being a womanizer and just being that mafioso that he was in La Ruana, Michoacan, in the straight varios, mm. you know, and sometimes I just just stare at those pictures for hours and just try to figure out like, yo, 
what's my purpose mm. trying to def- yeah trying to define purpose through fo- like that's crazy because i told you yeah it you know i i get what you're saying i'm not sure if it's because i'm also an artist of a, a, a poet um but i draw inspiration from seeing those old chiefs yeah right like i see those pictures we and to feel me, the pride because we're like that's where we come from yeah so you, we need that attachment to, to our ancestors yeah uh, i think that's what we look other people don't see it that way but this, this is how we like when you when pe- we see a picture of a zapata mm. and all mm. this greatness i mean we feel inspired right and then for that moment we feel like hey if i was in that time i'd be right there with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just because of how he looks and 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 what his imagery right and remember he took those pictures and, and it was new i mean photography and stuff right but he knew how to use those because he, he left us with that and I, I i don't know if he if that was his intention that i'm gonna show you that we're strong mm. and that's what we that's i'm gonna say that to Good my point you know so Good that's point. how i think that's how i think these images should be that's oh, that's Every that's time. another perspective that i never really thought about like i just thought like you're trying to get fancy but when you look at the picture of sabata they have intention there's a different like vibe to it there's, there's like a different intention because he's yeah. trying to speak to you in that in that sense and that's why when i take photos of folks i tell them this isn't for us this, mm. this is for yeah two three generations that aren't going to get to to see you i mean wow so you have to communicate through through, through, through this uh through this image and i think when you when when that person understands that the image is going to be really dope because it, now it has great intentions now well those are the classic photos the ones right. of like Jimi hendrix you know on a couch yeah. You know when, yeah, or, yeah yeah you know what i mean like you know all, whatever or um you know santana at woodstock oh, you know yeah, those yeah. those type of photos like like you said will never be forgotten they kind of convey a certain moment right. in time and um you know my favorite photos of one of like people that i looked up to in terms of like civil right not civil rights but like just human rights was like bob marley's pictures of him great you know, images yeah man. just like you yeah. can tell he's not even paying attention in, in, to whoever the one where he's in the car looking back you know yeah it was a youngster taking a photo of see <laughs> those those yeah. i know what you're talking yeah. about and so if some if an artist focuses in on capturing his whole career being those type of photos right. i mean those come one in a million but when you you i guess you get a a certain feel for it and right hey this is it you know that's what and and, and that's my school of thought with, with photography Mm. because i seen all that and that made such an impression on me that i I wanted to be one of those cats Mm. to be in that you always wish you were in that era but you know you're lucky enough to be in this era now right (laughs) because everybody's always talking about oh man i wish i was living in the 50s no you aren't being mexican (laughs) (laughs) no dogs no negroes no mexicans i mean we we're actually we're still going through through, through shit but to say that oh i wish i was in in, in those days uh, no who would you be without your phone yeah <laughs> exactly even though when i was growing up we didn't we managed without a without yeah. a phone it was and we, deeper time <laughs> yeah and even prior to that because yeah. we out we if if we had because I, I recall in the 80s and shit when me and my partners were going to meet up we're going to go to a party and i'm gonna meet you there at this point and this is the address mm. now you have to stay in contact with them throughout the whole trip <laughs> all right oh. where'd you stop at right now this and that and oh yeah yeah 
back then there was there was just that from point A to point B. I'm a, I contact you now and I'm gonna see you at point B, and that, and that was it. <laughs> and hope you, you make it. <laughs> you don't know nothing, you know, in between. Yeah. So we can't. I, I really don't wish that I was in that era, but I dig what they did, and I respect mm. that. And mm. I think I, I try to capture that. We've had a lot of eras. Uh, say, for instance, the. Um, the farmers, uh, United Farmers, uh, yeah, with Cesar Chavez and all that. Uh, that that era be there to capture that that those moments were dope. Mm -hmm. And then somebody might say the hippie era, mm -hmm. you know, the era with the uh, 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 what's the hate Nashbury. Yeah, yeah. That was actually a dope moment too. Is to, yeah, yeah. to take images, you know, these, we have all these eras, and and I, I'm glad I was here for a for a. The Chicano movement, uh, actually, uh, Chicano artists, Mexican artists, Latino artists, whatever mm -hmm. they want to call themselves, we're getting a lot of a voice now, too. And uh, I'm glad I'm here to, to photograph this this era, too. Well, it's kind of hard to define uh, on in real time it, what moment you're yeah, in in life, right? Because like, people are going to talk about George Floyd and the yeah, protests. Yeah, that's an that era happened. right there. Yeah. The, because that gave us a whole... A whole movement also right. and, and through the i mean even this 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 pandemic yeah even that like this will probably never ever happen again i mean if yeah. people don't you know when people get wise to what's happening though they'll never let it happen again because w this is the era with the mask right like so that's what i'm saying so like, when people don't eat when they in in the future when they oh that's that era because everybody's wearing masks so it's it, obvious it's crazy because you're like going oh wow i gotta you know document the era of mass and right. i document it through music and i'm going mask required that's my next <laughs> single global pandemic mask required why because we've been wearing masks for yeah. two fucking years yeah. Yeah. so that's the news that's the new single that's what i'm gonna talk about but in a way i'm stamping it in time when i create a song now Right? I'm going to stamp whatever our reality is in time with poetry, just like our ancestors stamped it with books and their temples and their and their wisdom. I guess you're doing the same thing with photo, right? Because I got to You can make I don't know how to explain this. Just an ordinary person look. And it, bring them out, you know what I mean? And, and I guess right. you were describing by using light or maybe the background right. or but I, I think through communication too like, like i said I, I i've i've had shoots where they're not giving me themselves mm -hmm. because i could tell in the eyes that you're not comfortable i can mm -hmm. tell when when i tell somebody all right put your hands right here and and they put their hands down there their hands look posed mm -hmm. and I, I, oh. I, I need to tell them you need to relax that's uh, a very fine detail yeah yeah and i i see the stress in their hands because mm -hmm. they they pose like this and Say first, I tell them, okay, but, you're, you're, but I need you to be comfortable. And they place their hands and they look like this. Mm. I'm like, no, oh, you're not comfortable. Right, they're Let's stiff. Let's sit back a bit, and, you know, yeah. and then we'll wrap some more. It's you crazy, know. though, because in your in your head, I could picture you seeing those old albums. And you see, you know, the, the rock star and he's kind of just, you know, he's, he's just laying back. Like he doesn't right, have right. a, oh, I'm going to take a picture of you. And he's, not, he's just yeah. kicking it or whatever. But... Those positions that a human has are very natural. But but shooting artists is different too because mm. they're more, they're kind of more aware of what you're trying to do, and they need to they need to set up their character and shit, mm. right? Mm. And I think that that's uh, I one thing I think about shooting artists and people like that because they already know 
that's gonna have to be they're gonna have to do a little bit more mm. you know mm. so with street portraits when i hit random people on the streets it's a whole different thing but when i i, I guess through the communication i i and i explain to them what i'm trying to do and i, I don't know if it's me but mm. they get comfortable and, they, and and when i tell them to look directly at me when i'm taking them tell me who you are with your eyes and shit mm. and they give me that i think those are the best images i, I get yeah I, I i was very happy with what i got out of yeah. out of our photo i mean i felt like i got way more than i needed and i could <laughs> you know cycle a, a right, couple right. of them and, in and out and that's why I, I i gave you more because i really don't shoot that much like mm. that but like i told you I, I want you to have something for for this or that that's yeah. why i told you change it up a little bit yeah so get more out of this shoot mm -hmm. than, than, than just one t-shirt absolutely or, you know so yeah. Make the best out of this so you can have more content since mm -hmm. you are an artist. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it's a regular a shoot for somebody else, you just need this and that. But you've got the platform and Sunday, you know, you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you want to put different images. On. Yeah. You can use the same photo shoot, yeah. but, it, you know, you look a little bit different in well, each one. I mean, I it, before when I first used to get photos from like, you know, with the Lvu days and stuff like that, go get a photo shoot. And, and I just fire off all the best ones right away. Now yeah, I know yeah. to hey, slow down. Slow down with I it. I got a couple that haven't, you know, I, they, you can even make shirts out of it yeah. and do really cool things because I just feel like your eye is right on point. And, and obviously you. your story is telling us that there's many levels of inspiration from right you know right. from point a to point b to getting to these amazing that's your shirt that, I'm, I'm assuming that that's your shot yeah right that, there too. this is i believe like eight years ago this, these are my nieces can you zoom in a little bit wow i love these girls here they're they're, they're my nieces and, uh i mean but look at how the speakers are are you know that, that's positioned a, and, yeah that, and and i looked at all that these this is the my homeboy's house and shit, and I sold him this system because I I I I used, to, I I used to buy a lot of vintage equipment, uh -huh. fix it up, and, and, and sell it. Uh -huh. So when I seen them, they were dressed. They looked so classic to me that day. I said, "I said, come here, let me let me sit you down right here." And they still love this image to this it's, day. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's cool. It's a cool image. I wear that shirt. That's you know? the aesthetic that yeah. I see. You yeah, know, when I, when I and that's where my eye. I tends to go. How many photos was that? Was it just one photo or, or is it three photos? And then you this is one? maybe three photos. Three photos. And Damn. then I've got a different images of them after they got up from here. And stuff. Right. But this is about some three images. So like with Bob Marley, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, you know, Jimi Hendrix. I see a lot of these pictures, right? Like, did they have personal photographers? Or like you said, there were just people always just like... They're, they were in awe of their energy and they had a, 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 a it, it depends uh, they had a camera and they were just there or were they professional photographers a lot of more professional photographers with the uh with the record company if they say sitting all right. day mm. sitting all day with these cats and i love that because mm. just imagine you're there to take a dope image but then you're seeing something get created because i've been there with musicians i've done i've done studio shots like that wow and just I think I think the whole thing because music is a big part of my life too because the art form that I really love came from records mm. like Blue Note records back in the day. Right. <laughs> the photography notes are crazy. Right. Uh, the CTIs and stuff like that. A lot of jazz labels had like some of the best photography to me. Right. Well, there you go, Zero. Like back in those days, labels, I believe, had more, um, I guess, more input. Yeah. 
when oh, it comes yeah. to oh, definitely. compared yeah. to now, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, now now it's more get it done quick and fast. But back then it was more like this album's going to be bought, you know, for generations. And that was their product. So they spent a lot of money and time on the And they sent the best. You know, they sent the best Like when, when they them. were preparing Bob Marley's vinyl records, right? And yeah. they were picking the picture, the yeah. one. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm sure, sure they had a whole a board. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they had a wall of, of people dis- deciding what picture to use. Right. If or, if you look at the documentaries of how these these, these albums were composed and the amount of images that they had to, to pick yeah. from, yeah, you know, it's take insane. that one. Yeah, you know, it's, oh, it's crazy. The <laughs> Eagles. Uh, um, one time I, I heard a story about the Eagles photo, and I guess it was an album that pulled out, and they were in the desert, and. Um, I think they were all high or something and someone <laughs> took a picture and like they were like that's the one <laughs> you know? yeah, that one made it but it was know. like 300 other pictures that yeah were just it, like, it also had to do on the artist too if, if he was really vocal right how his his vision was too and right if the record company gave him that much power to to what the, the visual thing absolutely was. so so zero me coming from an underground background i, I fell in love with artists when I would listen to their music and I couldn't find their pictures. Mm. Like I remember at one point, you know, when I was listening to El Vu back in high school, there wasn't really a lot of pictures of you guys, uh-huh. bro. Like I was just like, who are these dudes? Yeah. <laughs> I would look up El Vu on AOL back in the day and I, I wouldn't see anything. Yeah. And then I went to your guys' MySpace and I, I, I remember vividly there was like a faded out picture with the Vu logo and then your guys' logo and then your logo and yeah, then your logo, the yeah. album cover. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and I remember in, I remember in those album covers, you guys we never used pictures. Nope. We didn't use photos. So that kind of maybe in the underground helped out underground artists? Well, it, it did. Just imagine, uh, say, for instance, uh, like Led Zeppelin albums back in the day, they had a sort of mysticism to them. Right. And there wasn't quick access to, to, to them yeah. like there is now because yeah. you could actually... If if you try hard enough, you can get a hold of uh, Justin Bieber, <laughs> right, you know, right. because they're accessible because of social media. Right. Back then, you were given a limited amount of uh, of information on them, and you had to, your mind had to come up that with was, the rest. That was a concept when, yeah, because there, you know, we, we did take a photo for the the evolution in the back, but it wasn't clear. It was like a bus was moving, and it was in MacArthur Park, and. It was in black and gray, so it was very. It like, was planned as, out, though, right? Yeah, I wanted to keep it though, like like Cisco was talking about. Like there was no real that. Like we yeah, were never going to be on an album cover or on a shirt. Right. It was going to be art that that represented what we were saying. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. So what we weren't accessible visually. You had to come to the show, see it. And that's I think that's, that's what dope. I loved, and that's why maybe I would troll you guys around. Remember we would. <laughs> yeah, go. you would come to like all the shows. Yeah, most and of them. I, I, like maybe that was another element. Because I was so addicted to the music and, you know, the hunger of me finding out how they look like, that's what made me go to these shows sometimes. And I remember at one time, you you know, I I guess El Vu was gathered around like in the VIP area or like at an indigenous, like an Eastside Cafe shit. And then me and my homies, we would look at each other like, yo, are those... Is that that? Cause, yeah, cause, uh, we haven't seen them. <laughs> they haven't been definite with their images. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and and, and, and you know what? A, a big reason why is I didn't know a photographer. Like, well, my partner was a great photographer. She's yeah. the one that did the the uh, um, um, evolution in the back. But for Jaguar prophecies, for like the front image, like I don't know, I was just very picky about like who was going to have that 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 one. 
you know i'm and, just so glad i'm just so glad your guys' first records you guys just didn't instantly off the bat put your pictures <laughs> on there no because you had to keep it mysterious like you said like yeah. there was like you know when you looked at led zeppelin's album and it's a person carrying wood yeah, and it's it a certain like, mysticism to it and it makes you want to even research more because our access to, to to not to music but to music information and artist information was was a whole lot different than it is now yeah because there's a difference between people like music and people who love music. I tell this story all the time with, with a lot of younger cats. Uh, of course, we had the tape decks that we recorded at the radio station, you know, the radio on that mm-hmm. night or whatever. What I would do as a kid, and this is, this is to tell you how much I love music because compared to downloading, you don't love music the way I do. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid in the early 80s, I would save up my money, buy up a, a pack of cassettes. Mm-hmm. I'd, then after that, I'd grab my library card I catch the bus to the library. The library used to, uh, they used to have records. Mm. I pull out like five records. I'd go, I'd, I'd go back on the bus and I'd go home, and I'd and I tape these records and then take the records back. And now I have my music. That's mm. my download. <laughs> That's the time and the effort and the and the footwork that I put into to, to get music back then. Wow. Who's willing to do that now? Yeah. It's like, are you? You're mad because you're a you're you're a you're uh, download speed is <laughs> yeah, too but, slow. Yeah, yeah, too slow. Yeah. And I gave it that much effort. Uh, so music has a lot to do with, with who I am now and, and the way I see also. I, see. I, I and and it's a part of your art. Yeah, it's a part of the art because I I actually hear music when I'm when I'm when I'm mm. there's a rhythm in there when I'm taking an image. Interesting. And I can I, I use that. You get into a zone though. When we were oh, taking yeah. photos, it was almost like. The communication was different. Yeah. More like stand over here, like okay, cool, right there, and be natural. And it, it, yeah. it's like almost like when I'm in the studio with the rapper and just like relax, okay, go. Yeah. You know, you know what it's like, right? You could DJ you Warlock. Could, you could you could hear when their voice is tense or something like that, right? And they're not that comfortable. Exactly, exactly. So you want your product uh, uh, the the way you know it could sound, right? Because right. it's not coming from you; it's actually coming. So you got to kind of coach them to that. Absolutely. But but you could hear. The, the nervousness the uh and stuff like that and i could see it mm. because i could see it in people's eyes mm. and i could see it in their hands when they're tense and they're not they're not they're not ready for that image so yeah. that's why I, I take a break and i say oh and i always make an excuse oh shit i need to grab a drink and shit no, mm. let's sit back for a minute mm. and i talk to them and shit because i need them to get to get comfortable especially shooting women you know all the shit that's happened you know with photographers manipulating doing things for that uh I know if a woman is uncomfortable, so I, I you know, I, I try mm. to represent myself, you know, the way I talk to them, mm. and try to get them comfortable in some sense, and and let them know that you know it, it's just important. And if you don't feel right, by all means, you can cut it. Mm-hmm. Cut it. And they're like, no, I'll do this. I said, well, all right. And then we sit back and rap so they get comfortable, because I tell them I can see it in your eyes that you're not comfortable mm. shooting right now. So we we need to have this uh, downtime and. and uh, Relax. Yeah, relax for a minute, and and and, and I tell if I if if I have a a shoot with a woman, I, I tell her, you 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 have a somebody to come with you. Mm-hmm. That way, you can have somebody there with you. Mm-hmm. Too, you know? And then they feel completely yeah, comfortable yeah. to do whatever they need to do to express yeah. themselves. Because we do have to be careful with that with that situation, because there is a stigma between male photographers and 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 women because stuff that's been done in the past. So mm-hmm. I I tend to trade tread lightly there but I, I, i'm also not going to change who i am mm-hmm. you know i am 
I am lighter with my voice and stuff, and the way I communicate with with with, uh, with women mm. like that, because I do understand there is there is a stigma for that. You know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, well, the stigma has to be- the the stigma is uh, taking advantage of these exactly. women while yeah, you're doing because, photography, yeah. right, Zero? Yeah, I, that's I me. Mean, uh, yeah, but you, I mean, if you go with somebody and you get, I guess, to get the honest person is really what you want. Yeah, you know, and comfortable. And if the person's all tense and weird and feels like you're doing something that you know that i've called out maybe two sessions during that because mm. of that mm. well they, you know i'm you know it doesn't feel right can we set something else another day wow yeah. calling off the session that's much respect brother because you i it there's an integrity with you you have to have a certain integrity with your art too because it's it, whatever you put on not to cross boundaries certain yeah, boundaries yeah. right you know so it's, a, it's important and and we do come across that uh, I've shot nudes and stuff like that and I'm comfortable with nudes but it has to be an artistic not just a booty shot you know? <laughs> and trust me I love hey, the but booty. you know what though those I mean I, I've seen shirts in, in high end um, retail yeah. stores in Malrose that Black and gray, girl, right, right, booty right. shorts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those things sell. I mean, those things are, uh, are that. I know it's yeah, not you yeah. because you have a different, um, I guess, I, I guess you want, like, when you when someone tells me they want their photo to be seen 50 years from now, I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of, there's more than just taking a photo or taking a photo of a hot girl. Right, you know, it's right. like, this is going to be stamped in time. And that's really what photos became because in the early early. 1900s for our grandparents it stamped them in time yeah yeah look i'm gonna see myself as 20 when i'm 40 yeah right then there was no technology in the early 1900s before they did that so in a way it was their kind of like i said tv or cell phone of the time right right because right. i stamped myself in time at 20 or 22 or whatever it was because it looked like my grandparents were like 20s in their 20s and doesn't it look? Didn't it look like they're more mature than we were? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> they had more responsibility. They had a suit on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was not only that, but the 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 way I seen my great grandparents in those images is like I tell a lot of people work like if your ancestors are looking at you mm. and have some kind of shame that you're not putting that effort that that they did how they look because we didn't actually communicate right right but that image that they that they have it's like oh hell he's looking at me so i have to yeah <laughs> have to actually get down and some do of those business. photos yeah. are that way and, and that's what that that's meant for it's it's meant for inspiration and mm-hmm. like there's intention in these images i don't know if, uh, if they were fully aware of that in, uh, of what they were doing but it to me what they did it what it you know that it, it felt like it had intention to Mira, cabron, do your shit right, you know, right. and they give you that because when you look at those images, you're right. I have there's another image of my grandparents that I could that I could remember, and it was taken over here in in Los Angeles off of there's a church by um, oh, what's the name of that park, Obregon Park, I think. There's a church there, and my grandparents, you know, were at a quinceanera. They were, were doing a quinceanera for my sister, and someone said. Take a picture. You got to take a picture. And they both that they're like, if they were taking the 1920s yeah. picture and they had their little pose and they took it. And it was like almost conveying a message of like, 
family because they they is, know what that represents yeah. and and then we're too late because you know uh like i said now with the with the you're readily you're readily available to take a shot it so it kind of images are kind of taken for granted now because mm. you could do back then they're like okay well i've only got you know 24 images on this on this uh 35 millimeter either 10 or 12 on this 120 so you had to actually not just waste your shots now you could take 100 100 images whatever it's right. you know well which i think fucks up the whole storage analogy right like how do you properly store photos right now do you have to rely on the social media programs or do you recommend a digital cloud or are you the type of guy like look dude like zero like if you get if you got some solid shots bro let's let's put out a, a you know a, a, a collage physical collage or whatever well i store all my stuff on external hard drives and also have like, like I, I still use film a lot so i have drawers full of full of negatives and I have a refrigerator a whole door full of undeveloped film still from like 10 15 years ago wow I have so much so every I'm, I'm doing an effort every every uh I even forgot the term my bad it was photo book that's photo how book. bad it is <laughs> yeah. right now <laughs> I even yeah. forgot the term yeah, of, photo book. of having a photo yeah, book, right photo now, book. but uh, think of, let's, let's, let's let's critically think about what we just talking about like yeah. we're, we're talking about digital copies right and digital copies can get lost, corrupted, and and gone forever. Right. And that could be your wedding photo. It could be your baby son. Right. I think we have to all have to agree that in the 1900s, they had it right because they gave you something that you had to the put away. Something tangible. Yeah. You had you to put actually, it away actually, yeah. and you had to take care of it. And, and I'm sure that, let's see, my grandparents would have been, that's a 70-year-old picture. Like 70, close to 70 years old. I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm correct. In and that. it's the original photo, yeah, right? Yeah. The original. You had to take care of it. It had to be in a book and with in another a, piece of paper we're holding. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like they're just trying to preserve this thing. But nowadays we're like, let's photo book it. Let's iCloud it. Let's, and then, you know, you lose your computer, it gets wet, yeah. whatever. And those photos and memories are gone. So technology sometimes could you know, could be a bummer. You know what makes a big difference? Always print, yeah, important photos. Well, that's that's the, what I'm about to uh, say right now. I because for a, for a long time, even shooting digital and stuff. Yeah, it's an external hard drive, but you don't really appreciate an image until you you could actually hold it or hang it on your wall. Mm. I I learned that, and I've been obsessive with printing, mm. uh, printing images, man. I think it's so important to have an actual physical tangible object you know right. that you're looking at mm. and then you you give it breath either from hanging on your wall because now it, it's a part of you now instead of you having to turn something on it's always it's, it's always there now mm -hmm. so it, it it gives life to a gives life to a room and like i said when you it, it when you walk into into a house it's full of photos and stuff like that a family it it makes you feel closer to that mm. uh, so I think, to me, the printed image is so important because that's, that's, that should be the end result of any image taken that, that means something. Mm -hmm. Instead of just, oh, that's a dope photo and it's just on your phone. And it's, <laughs> and it's you know, and it's, and it's not on your wall. I mean, that's I'm, cool. I'm being yeah. honest about that, man. And, and 
I print so much at the pad that when I got into printing my images some years back, I went crazy mm. and they got expensive, but I was like, I'm, I got to print these. So I got drawers stuffed with, with, uh, with, with so many images and I give images away too to, That's to cool. people. Yeah. Sometimes when I, when I go back to the hood, I take, I take back some of the, the, the portraits. Like, hey, here you go. And they're like, oh. and a lot of people aren't, aren't in, into that anymore. Shit. But now it, 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 it brings something up to them now because, mm -hmm. oh, shit, I didn't expect a, a, an actual pastor. Yeah, hang it on your wall and shit. Mm -hmm. Give it to your moms or whatever and shit. Now it, cool. it means something. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I remember don't, when I went to Mexico City, um, we were on tour and we were going from one venue to another. And in Mexico City, you know, there's people that ask for change, but they don't just ask for change. They're like doing a juggling act yeah, yeah. or they're dressed up in a certain way. And and I was on the I was in the seat. I was in the drive and not the driver's seat, the um the passenger seat, but on, on in the front. Anyways, I hear a knock and I look up and I had my camera in my hand and it was this like someone asking for change, but he was dressed like a clown. Right. He had a clown nose. He had, and, and it looked, and he had a punker shirt on and spikes all over. And I just went, boom, and I caught it. And it just was like, wow, I could use that as a tour photo. Like it was just a spare of the moment, yeah. capturing time. When am I ever going to see a punker clown <laughs> asking for change? You know, it's like in Mexico City. Yeah. And you have everything there. It's every, like the background of Mexico. But I caught a close up. Like he was this close to, to me. So I just went boom. So that's an impromptu shot now that gave you ideas for something else. Now. Yeah. So those are important too, you know, yeah. uh, because they inspire you for something. Even even because I, I go through images like, hell, yeah, when, I, when I get my film printed, like, I forgot all about this, but I should have a session just on on this this type of uh, this this yeah. situation here. Uh -huh. So it uh, having these these images like that to to inspire you again. Yeah. You know, it's something you took yourself. Yeah. So that it it's in the creative process that we uh, that we're constantly looking for as an art as artists. And Absolutely. Shit. So that's why I, I I stay consistently trying to shoot. Yeah. Even though uh, lately I've been having a turn down shoot because of the, the new gig that I got that I'm working on mm. now and shit, uh, it has me pretty tired and shit. So I've been that active, but I, I still, as far as to, to setting up uh, photo sessions or whatnot, but I still go out on my own every week mm. to to shoot out here in LA. Well, that's I, cool. You I, stay committed to that. I have to. I have yeah. to. It's it's. That's yeah, how you get good at things. You have to have a certain discipline, anyway, yeah. and 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 keep your trigger finger ready and shit, mm, you know. Yeah. Uh, but also have intention with images too. Right. When you go out, it's like, oh, we'll see what happens. No, I, I actually know where I'm going. Mm. I know what I'm trying to get, and I know the the what I'm trying to capture. Mm. So I keep that in mind, so I don't I don't waste time trying to figure shit out when I'm when I'm out. Right. So when I come to LA, I always do my shit, and then I go hang out after that. Absolutely. Because so, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on a, it's been going on for two years already where I'm documenting the neighborhood where I grew up at because that's, it represents a lot of who I am, especially in the era that I grew up at and the community that I was around. Uh, I want to uh, give tribute to that. Mm. So that's why I'm doing this and taking stories down. I'm also doing videos and also uh, out of recordings. And I'm interviewing a lot of folks from back in the days uh, because our neighborhood was something different, especially where I grew up in South Central. Right. 
a predominantly black neighborhood where, wow. I, where I grew up at. And uh, uh, these stories that I want to tell the people to, uh, to acknowledge because a lot of these, a lot of my family members, a lot of the friends that then grew up there don't understand uh, the era or the community that I grew up in, mm. which was the 70s, the 80s, the 90s in LA, mm. you know, heavy influenced by gang, gang activity, criminal activity, the drugs, drinking and all that other shit too, but also influenced a lot by family and the families back then uh, and how I grew up and, and the interactions that I had with these people. It made me who I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm, That's I, crazy you're focusing your talent in telling that story. I, well, I, I guess everybody. I, I think I have to because we all, I feel the necessity as an artist to leave a footprint mm. and, and for people to kind of understand why I think like I think and, I, and why my character is like I'm in how how I deal with everyday situations is because of where I grew up and the environment that I grew up in and the people that were there. Mm. You know, uh, my my parents moved to 87th and Main back in '72. Wow, I was three months old, and in '73, no '72, in that month that we moved there, Aretha Franklin had her uh, highest selling gospel album on 87th and Broadway, which is a block and a half away from where I grew up at. Oh, wow. So it, it happened throughout the same time, and the Rolling Stones were there, all these other cats were there. This was great. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you look it up. It's it's uh, Aretha Franklin's uh, uh, biggest selling gospel album. And shit. And, uh, but the Rolling Stones were there. They were there in South Central, down the street from where what I was at. Was there a theater? Or what was it, it was a church. Oh, okay. And, and I can give you some information on that. Uh, uh, on that church because I actually took I've been there and took photos of it but I remember it as a kid uh, the neighborhood like I said it was a predominantly black neighborhood so I grew up around uh, a black community mm. and we were, were you guys the only Mexican family in we there? were a couple okay within, within the, there was only a few though only a few mm. so when I grew up going to I even went to Catholic school in that area and mm. shit like that it was different, man, and and that's why my push for black and brown unity, and it's always I've always been vocal about that because that's where I grew up at, and mm -hmm. that's what my 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 uh, my family now is comp uh, comprised of, com composed of. I've been I've been with my wife for thirty one years, mm -hmm. black woman from, from Texas. Oh, okay. So my oh. kids, my kids are Afri Chicanos, what I call them, nice. shit. Good stuff. And uh, so the history that I'm trying to conserve is for them to absolutely. later tell on to their kids and shit you know absolutely so, uh, that's why it's important to me to leave this footprint of my community the people i've been around and what my community is now mm. and my feelings towards that mm. my love for my city mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i tell people <laughs> there's a saying I, I i tell people they're like well what kind of person are you i said well south central sewer water runs through my veins oh, wow. because i've been in the gutter with it and shit right yeah. i bled there uh -huh. uh and I've and I've lost many people there, you know, the drugs and, and, and gang violence and stuff like that. But it, that's who I am. Right. Well, when you when you say South Central, you know that you're coming from. It's almost like saying East LA. Yeah, in yeah. The early nineties. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's like now it's kind of cool, but I mean, there's still always some knuckleheads out there. Right, right. It's and always going to be East LA. South Central's always had a stigma. Yeah, yeah. Were they, were they even worse than East LA? To be honest with you, like me growing up, you know. Uh, 
I have a black stepfather. And there was an area called the jungle. Yeah. In South Central. Mm. I never really understood it until I, I, I was actually there. And, yeah, I've and been like, there. like, those are areas where cops are not even allowed in. Right. Wow. You know, and I never saw that in East LA. Well, that was like the project. You, you Absolutely, never want, you never wanted to go to. I've, I've been project, there actually party. So. But but I'm, I'm <coughs> I gravitate towards South Central. I have family in South Central, friends. There's a lot of culture. It, it's like to me, I'm so proud and honored for you to be here because you you are the true representation of what South Central is. Taking away the stigma, there's art, there's beauty, there's, there's beauty culture in there though, man. behind uh, it. Um, that's, and that's what I try to portray and shit. And so people to see these people as real people and not just somebody on the news in the background and shit. Right. These people have stories. The stereotypes. Yeah, there. the stereotypes, man. There, there's so much, uh, so much, uh, oh, so many stories about, about South Central and, and why I am like I am and the empathy that I feel for other people too. It's because where I grew up and the, the love that I was shown growing up as a kid, you know, uh, the reason my English is the way it is is because of black kids mm -hmm. or my black teachers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Later on, when I had white teachers, they uh, the white teachers, oh, you don't have an accent, like the Mexican accent that we're supposed to have. Right. And at, at a young age in first grade, they're like, you speak like you know, <laughs> you don't have that accent. I was like, well, hell, I grew up I grew up with Tanisha and Michael and shit, you know. <laughs> so that's how I that's how I speak and shit, you know. Yeah. And 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 growing up. Uh, I caught a lot of a lot of flack because being where I was from, uh, growing up in, in gangs and shit, I, I was a crip. Mm. So a lot of family had they're like, "Hey, well, you know, you know," I said, "Well, you don't you weren't raised where I was raised." You know, I grew up in there since the seventies, and I know these neighborhoods. And why would I claim that block when I live on this block? You right, know? Right. So. I dealt with it differently, and and they always to tell me, hey, "Well, wait till you go to jail and shit. You still gonna be claiming crip." And my mentality back then, I'll deal with it how, how it was and shit. So I was I was a knucklehead and shit, right? Right. So these are issues that I had to deal with because of how I grew up. But I would never change from that, you know. Not that I'm, you know, by no means am I uh, claiming sets now, but I appreciate where 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 I did. Well, you your know. your life experience is important, yeah. and and the story and the documentation of it, and and to bring back to bring out beauty maybe out of somebody's negative exact negative views or, views uh, or it, ideas yeah. of what that is i'm like no, i'm telling you right now you're saying south central and i'm going uh, i don't want to yeah i don't want to you know what I mean? it's I, just that I'm, stigma yeah, that it yeah, has and, I'm, and like, I'm and i'm there man uh uh if i go up i go there every week man and i the, the majority of the, i go there every week and i just sit back and 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 i either talk to young cats the old cats and and ask them you know, because a, a lot of a lot of uh, South Central history, a lot of people weren't from there. You know, their families came from the South, and they came out here in the '60s and whatever and stuff. So I asked them that. So where do you, where'd your grandmas come from? And, and I get all these stories down, and I record all this stuff, which I'm gonna put out later. But I, I don't share a lot of the stuff that that I do capture and record out there because I want I want I want to put it out later. Yeah, African uh, African American history in Southern California yeah. is very unique. Mm -hmm. It's it's not it's weird because they're not like us where yeah. it's like oh yeah I lived in San Diego or my mom's from fucking yeah. you know Mexico right close by yeah. they're like from Louisiana St Louis North, you know North Carolina yeah, yeah you get you get all these stories but I've got I've 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 got documented uh, stories from my old neighbor 
uh, he's, he's still alive. And I sat back with him one day and I, I had the recorder on and I talked to him and I said, John, he's from the South, man. He told, he remembers when we moved in there in 72, cause he, wow. he was there since 70. And you know, he's been knowing me all my life since I was a kid. So I sat back and now as a man talking to him, mm-hmm. I said, John, so where are you coming from? Where's your wife from? How was this neighborhood before? And I, I'm getting all that. I'm recording all this stuff. That's cool. And it's amazing to sit back and, and actually go back and, and get these stories because I wouldn't have done that as a kid back then because, you know, John was older, this and that. Now he's in his 80s. And I, and I sit back in the man's front yard and I talk to him like that. You know? yeah. And he's like, yeah, I remember he was a kid, man. This yeah. And, that. <laughs> and it's, it's so dope to get back into the, into the clutch of things, man. And, and, uh, where you were from and, and actually it's crazy talking. to know somebody that long because yeah. I mean you were a kid and now you're yeah. an adult and I, like, and I sat back and talked to him I'm, I'm having a beer and he's over there sitting back and just telling me his whole stories and I got him on cool. video and everything you, that's cool you know what I trip out on guys like you know the whole racism thing you know East LA pre- predominantly raza yeah. right South Central predominantly black yeah. right Barack Obama Boulevard, Martin Luther King Boulevard, in that side, and then what? What do we got? Uh, Chavez. Cesar Chavez on on our mm-hmm. side. It, it just it, it's purposely placed there, right? Zero to remind us and to remind our generations, like, look, that's our side, Black that's side, your yeah. side, and the white people side. There ain't no names out there like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, it just I, I wish that stigma could end as soon as possible. Because if, if, if once that day comes, there'll be more love. Absolutely. I mean, th- this is designed to to separate. You know, cities aren't designed to bring everybody together. At least that's what they say they do. But really, it brings people apart because then people want ownership of certain areas. Exactly. And you can't cross this area. And zoning is real, right? But yeah. well, it, it's crazy. Redlining, right? It's crazy because we we fight over like, you know, blocks that we want to hang out in, but you know, when they call imminent domain, it, they it, they take your shit. They take everything. They take all your shit. You know what imminent domain means? Mm-hmm. That's a city official coming going, we're going to build a freeway right through your house. The You're like, "No, man. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to sell. I don't want my name. You have and no 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 say. Imminent that. domain. Fuck you. We're going to go through here. The whole 110 freeway, right? Well, into South Central. Yeah, LA, well, right? actually, the the 105 uh, when that happened. Yeah, it's uh, called eminent domain. domain. But we over here fighting over blocks that we say we own, but we don't. And if, if I'm trying to point out, real officials, real city officials, they don't fuck around. They just go eminent domain. And that's it. That's the terminology. They'll set laws and shit. Move your ass out. And yeah, and they'll take a, a old lady and just give her below value of her house yeah. and. You know, it's just it's 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 a crazy law, but we live under it. So that's what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we we have the facade that, you know, we have this freedom and we have all this. But it, if you look inside, this, and, this is our barrio and shit, yeah. right? <laughs> no, it's not. No, people no, come in and just yeah. eminent domain. And in these barrios, right? You see so many liquor stores yeah. and so many convenience in shops abundance. that sell blunts right. and beers and liquor, bro. But when you go to Brentwood. Beverly Hills. They're not there. They're, they're Culver City. They're, they're nowhere to be found. Yeah. To yeah. quote uh, 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 Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> they want us to kill ourselves. And shit, well, you know? I mean, there's no, there's, there's no, I mean. And who owns these liquor stores? 
Yeah, well, I mean, anybody who wants to start a business and hurt other the whole community yeah. around it, it's it's like, but here, neither here nor there, we have our space, and it's never it's never been. I try to get away from a place where we're always going to be cool, right? Because there's always challenges, even yeah. in our own neighborhoods. When we grew, like you, you grew up in 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 South Central, but I grew up in East Los Angeles. It was just our people. Yeah, and we always used to hide our money or hide our weed because the dude was gonna, you know, we used to get punked all the time. I, I wasn't into, you know, murdering people yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it doesn't say that we didn't have to get down and protect ourselves and and stick up for yourselves. But you know, um, our streets tell many many stories, and to be able to take a photo of it and have a person's imagination on their own way in their own terms define what that is yeah that's that's the, the job of an artist to when their translation of your artwork is it isn't what you actually what the message was in it you right. know and and that's the, the scary part of of misusing people misusing your art or, or translating it different it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like like when you said that it was like like let's say for instance it's early 80s and and, and you see a person in South Central who happens to be affiliated with somebody who is, you know, in a gang and he's showing his young kid how to ride a bike. That's a crazy image. Yeah. Because he has a certain attire, but he's showing love to this child. That's very contrastic, you know, kind of imagery. And um, I feel like Cisco takes those type of photos. That's the type of photos. Like when I see Cisco photos, that's what I see. Like, well, Cisco is bringing quality high-end photography to south central that's how i see it cisco like you are amongst the greats right now living (laughs) on this earth especially being indigenous you know you you mentioned you were indigenous and like man that's so profound right israel yeah well there's a lot of us out there that that have many talents but since we've been genocided for so long and and lost touch with everything we cling to these images like zapata bunch of right like in, in Mexico, in, in our community, it's like Zapata and Pancho Villa and the iconic photo of them sitting in the president's together, chair yeah. together and, wow. you know, conveying power. I mean, that photo made a statement because it was peasants that overtook Mexico. Yeah. And now they're, that, the photo of them sitting in the president's chair was making a statement, yeah. right? Take the photo, get the fucking camera, take the photo. Yeah. And, 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 I, and, I, and again, it goes with intention and shit. Yeah. You, you have to have the end result and to feel proud of that, um, what they accomplished and shit, right? Because they were peasants, bro. Yeah. They were the the chancludos, the ones that didn't have nothing. They didn't have guns. They didn't they, they able to get guns and defend themselves. And they get, created an army, yeah. a fully stocked army. And those, and those photos of the Mexican Revolution, yeah. I recommend everyone in LA Natives to go out there and research and look at those old iconic photos. And you could see so much history and so much strength, uh, so much resistance, so much um, uh, resilience. That makes us today. That's yeah, us. I mean, and and go look at the, the images of 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 Pancho Villa Zapata, but also look at the images of Las Adelitas. Yeah, and, the Adelitas and, and, are the oh ones I'm talking about. Goodness, yeah, man, they you, were hardcore, bro. They're like, you can see them, and they're like, some guy caught them, uh, and they're looking out, like yeah. they're the ones they're yeah. all trucha and shit. They were actually really dope, man, and, and that brings inspiration. And a lot of the times when we uh, get our inspiration to fight new situations that we are now we look towards that yeah for strength yes and that 
that's the importance of an, of an image, of, of an iconic image to give us pride. Mm. Because, like, for black folks... Uh, uh, like how that, would how would it been would it be different for us if we didn't have that photo of Zapata? I, I think it I think it would have been different. You're right. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it, has it would a just be a written book. Like it, that's what makes it hard about Crazy Horse because you you read stories about him, but there's no, no image. image, and right. then you're like, man, did he even exist? Like, yeah. And then with with nowadays and technology and movies and and the hyping of of something, they could easily without that. Without that image of Zapata yeah. standing in, in, in resistance, they could have made they could have made it whatever they wanted to. Oh yeah, he gave in and he made a diplomatic, you know. Yeah. But not with that photo of him with the fucking bullets across his chest and a, and yeah. his fucking Mexican flag, and he's like, boom, he's there. So that's the importance of images. Absolutely. I think that's that's what we need, and I think a, a lot of stuff wouldn't have been been handled if if we didn't have those images to reinforce. Our, our reason to fight yeah you know so we need that we've always uh leaned on imagery like even when george washington was crossing the delaware they mm. wanted that image instead of him being great in front of that right and they gave it first till right now you know they're yeah. like oh america's great because look at george you know george <laughs> yeah. washington crossing you know the technology of yeah. its time right yeah, yeah. Painting. So, but, but they use that painting to inspire yeah. the, all this all these other things it's, i think it's important right huh. even season was important he was, you know, yeah. back then. Well, wanted, that's why they made statues of themselves. Yeah. And really lifelike and because statues. He wanted to reinforce, even to make him bigger than he was. And mm-hmm. shit, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. And that makes a movement. Mm-hmm. You know, we've always been inspired by the printed Fritz of the Black Panthers when they were printing out their, their magazines, their news magazines. Mm-hmm. And they showed a sense of pride on there. And that's how you could see it. Mm-hmm. That's how they conveyed when, when you can't make it to a rally, but then you get the. The, the photo the, of it the photo yeah. the flyer whatever and then you feel you feel connected to that yeah i think that's what connects us to that because we're looking at pancho Villa, zapata and these indigenous folks and we're we're from the same blood right. you know with the same skin you know right. this and that we feel the pride yeah and that that pumped your chest up to do something absolutely and shit. like now you feel a sense of urgency and and, and a commitment to your to your hint that i mean to, mm-hmm. to, to be someone like that yeah yeah. You know, so it, it gives us inspiration to keep going. And these images, and like I said, their intentions with those images, cause they knew, cause like that dope-ass image of Zapata and shit. Would, would, yeah, it's just yeah. even the way he's... And those were just like, random. Just I like, would assume those were just random, but I think just off-the-cuff he, photos, right? Yeah, but I think he knew what he was doing and shit. It's yeah. going to mean something. Yeah, It gives people, it inspires them to keep going. Absolutely. Well, in in the in the Mexican Revolution, they had to go to different communities and ask them to join. Yeah. Like you need to join us. You, you got to join us, though. You can't be like, nah, I'm not gonna take a photo. You know, you, yeah. you gotta. Oh, there's a new technology. Get the guy with the camera, and I'm gonna show you that we're gonna win this war. And right, right. That's what Cisco's saying. He had to be standing up. I don't know if he knew that it was gonna translate all the way to 2021, right? Yeah. Because we carry that, that I think same probably, resilience. He was probably within that. I need this for now. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. Like I need to convince the next community come with but me. But what the result of that is till they till now we still have a sense of pride because of that. Yeah, because of them, we see a man. Yeah, and we see his strength. Yeah, through his you know through his uh, his character, his conviction and shit, how he looks on that image. We mm-hmm. can translate it out that it's a strong man. Looks like he didn't take no shit from nobody, and then, yeah. you know we could say that from that just looking at that image. Yeah. And we, we, like I said, 
when we're working, we have to work like if our ancestors looking at us. Mm. We have to feel some kind of shame if we're not. I, I think that's I actually needed that, Cisco. Thank you for telling me, Zero, and all of our audience. Like, Warlock, we all need that, right? Um, We got DJ Warlock on the ones and twos. We got Cisco in the building. We got Zero of Elvu. Um, We have a lot of fans asking when the Manelali Grand Opening is going down. It's going to go down November 7th. There it is, guys. November 7th. You could check on the Malinali Superfood page. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, I started a storefront. Right, right. And uh, the community's super excited about it. Everybody's going. And, you know, I have, I just have nothing but love about what's happening there. You know, and... and uh, to open up a Superfoods spot in east la it, it, it's like what cisco is doing for for south central in, in photography it's like bringing high-end stuff to mm-hmm. your community zero mm-hmm. and i've i've never once seen a superfoods store in east la no no there's real. a reason why we're there we're there to to make a difference and it's exactly what you meant what you said about um cisco um cisco because cisco goes well i don't do superfoods but i take photos and I'm going to show the beauty of South Central. I'm going to show the story of South Central. I'm going to show the sadness of South Central. That sadness isn't bad. Getting stuck in sadness is bad. But having the, the time to know that, you know, things are over or things have changed or right, maybe right. things haven't changed. And that's why it's sad. It's, it's, it's a part of it, right? It's one of the... One of the the uh, struggle is real. It's one of, the, one of our emotions anyway we, we have to go through. How do you know that it's good without... Been, been in that your, that's a, I was telling my sto- my, my child a, a story is like, look, you're, you're gonna know what love is when you get your heart broken. Exactly. But don't worry, I'm gonna be here. We, we <laughs> have a like, comment. Yeah. We have a comment from Native Tendencies. He he said, you know, I don't know if he said it was East LA or South Central, but as a kid, he would go into the local gas stations, and uh, they would sell crack pipes. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yo. Uh, they yeah. still do. <laughs> you ever it's seen the, uh, you ever seen the little the little roses in those in those pipes? They're sold as as uh, vases and shit, vases oh, shit. and shit. The neighborhood, uh, like the little stores that yeah. they, you know they have, uh, like in the hood, they got the crack pipes. Right like there. on yeah. full display, on full display, yeah, full yeah. display. But they have they have a flower in them, uh, a little a little flower where well, they used to. Yeah, they used to have a little flower in so them. Mouth does it. Try to disguise yeah. it. and that's a good way of like welcome to South Central. Yeah, that's crazy. You know. Uh, but those are elements that we have to embrace, right? Like, look, that's South Central. Yeah, and 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 these were the 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 truths that were given to us back then and shit. You know, we had to accept uh, how we how we moved around and shit, and what we learned. Because when I was a kid, uh, Angel Dust was big and shit, and I, wow. I seen a lot of naked women on the, on the street. You know, mm. now, honestly, I seen a lot of that shit. Back in the days and shit, because of the the, the drug, the drug, it was normalized, right? Like, yeah. oh, okay, she's on, she's on dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it was it was a trip, and and now to try to explain the the crack era to, to folks nowadays, because I mean, even though a lot of people still use crack and shit, but in that in the eighties, it was <laughs> it was bad. It was crazy, man. Wow, it was crazy. Uh, wow, to live through that era in yeah. that area. In that, well, I, I lived, uh, Freeway Rick Ross 
was on, I believe, 87th and in between Broadway going uh, going west. We mm. stayed two, like two blocks away from him. Wow. So the crack air was rampant in our in our neighborhood. Yeah, you so, were right in the yeah, epicenter, yeah. right in the middle. Right. Because, I mean, come on, how far does it go from the distributor? Uh, it, the 110 in Manchester. Oh, man. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. It still kind of looks the 110, same. 110, Manchester, Figueroa. Uh, yeah, we're that's considered the, the 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 west side. We're on the east side. Yeah. So, uh, man, it was dandy though. Man. I mean, I remember uh, hearing back in the days the uh, the sounds changed and shit as far as twenty twos and thirty eights and shotguns. That's what you heard, right? Mm-hmm. And then when that era came heavy. The sound of the automatic weapons, it it completely because back then a, a drive-by was boom, boom, boom. Wow. When it changed to rapid fire, it was crazy, man. That's when the Uzis came in, Whoa. and then the AKs came along and shit. It was crazy, man. Wow. And why is it that all the best films, the but, most iconic films, you, are like in East LA, South Central Training Day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Training Day showed you the jungle too and shit. But, you know, to go back real quick, though, to go back, he says that, you know, when he grew up, he heard 22s, 38s, shotguns. And then it went up to Uzis AKs. and AKs. When the fuck did that happen where you get military grade weapons? There's a there's a story. Um, That's crazy. Um, I mean, it went from what? 22s? <laughs> 38. Yeah, because those were the predominant weapons back in the days. And shit. And well, you could was, go to a, yeah. a sports goods store and, yeah. and buy that. But in the early 80s, when you jump to Uzis and AKs, that's a big jump. Those are exotics. Those are like, it's it's a, it's an insane thought when you said that. I was like, whoa, I, well, that's I, heavy. I, I heard it's the another difference. Level. I heard the difference. And uh, me and my brother were going to... To Fremont, this is like '88. Uh, then we, uh, me and my brother, we transferred to Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. We came out here to Roosevelt because we wanted to see different girls and shit. Mm-hmm. So we got an address to South Central. Me and my brother used to catch the bus to go to Roosevelt High School and shit. I think we we did like six, seven months before we got kicked out. But uh, sometimes when we didn't go to school, we'd go to the park and we, me and my brother, would hang out with. with they would call bums and shit, winos and shit. And uh, they would tell us these stories. I mean, I have great love for these. They're, they're most likely dead. We had we had Happy, JT, and a couple other cats that we used to hang around with. And these, these winos used to buy drinks for us sometimes and shit, right? We used to sit back with them at the park when we did school and shit. So we were there at 8 in the morning drinking beer and wine with them. And they would tell us these stories about freight trains being left on Alameda with a padlock. And they would tell folks, that's the one you got to go to and shit. And, and it was the armory in there. So they would leave, back in the, in the early 80s, they would leave these, uh, these freight trains with just a padlock, no security, on Alameda back in the day and shit. Wow. And that, those, that brought a lot of guns to the neighborhood and shit. Wow. Because where we grew up at was actually the Hub City. You, you, you wear that... They call Compton the hub city, right? Mm. South Central's always been prime real estate. Just imagine South Central, you got what, 15 minutes? Well, without traffic back then, it's just, you got 15 minutes to San Pedro. 
which was the, the port where everything economy yeah. happened this year, right? Then you got 15 minutes straight west, which is the beaches. Luxury and shit, and, you know, fun time. And then you got 15 minutes to downtown. That's the perfect area to be at. Yeah. Yeah. So they've always wanted South Central. Wow. You know, so they've always been for the destruction of that community to take over that. So now That's just imagine the, the homes in South Central. You got a house built in 1927, which needs plumbing and it's fucked up. It's, it's still going for six, seven, eight hundred thousand now and shit. Wow. And wow. that's what's crazy to me. Yeah. So in my dreams, I, I was like, I'd buy a house in South Central and live there the rest of my life till I get old and shit because I love, but I know I couldn't go there no more because they'll, who could afford it nowadays and shit. Right. And then you'd have to put so much repair. Yeah. And then security and whatnot and shit. So. And who are the people that could afford a six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar home right now on these, on these uh, homes that are being sold right now? <laughs> you know we are shit. I don't know. Yeah. You know, genifiers. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it's 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 straight up. And I've had this 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 love hate relationship with real estate because of that. Uh, when uh remember the early two thousands on MTV and all this other shit that they had these uh flipping homes and shit like that. I think oh. that was a destruction of a lot of shit too. Absolutely. I mean to to go into a neighborhood and buy a house for a hundred thousand and sell it for five hundred thousand, then that changes the whole dynamic of the neighborhood now because everybody's looking at well that house sold for that, and these people are renting, so I'll, I need to bring up the rent, and so that fucked up a lot of shit. So yeah. I have a hate for real estate people that have that kind of thing in mind that uh, they they uh forego morality for economy yeah they economics are, and shit i mean i don't think they care about the the consequence no, 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 no. you know and that's colonial that's yeah. colonial thoughts you know those are people that just be like oh these are peasants get them the fuck out of here <laughs> like who gives a shit where they go yeah they'll be you know and the, and, and the numbers of homelessness in los angeles county is like fucking incre incredibly insane yeah, oh, and ridiculous. they keep pushing them out of like Venice and downtown and where do they go to our neighborhoods? Yeah. <laughs> they it's getting bad up. right now. It's 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 bad. And a lot of them are 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 just suffering through this ridiculous pandemic thing, you know, and a lot of them lost their jobs through, you know, people who were waiters and and busboys at big restaurants, they got shut down and now have to do um, you know, jump over hurdles and hoops just to get a uh, you know, paying wage or whatever. It's it's all colonial thought they never had they never they never were trying to be nice or cordial or even sharing with anyone other than their colonial attitude and thought so that's those are the consequences that yeah. we live with in exactly. south central consequences we live in east la you know this is it they don't care they've never cared they never will care and so we have to care like exactly. cisco cares and he goes, I'm going to go fucking tell the story of South Central, what I saw, yeah, the person it, I knew. It's not going to be there for too long after yeah. that. Right? So it's within my era, so I need to tell this story. And shit. I think that's important yeah. in the community. The and you take beautiful there. photos, bro. And I think that people will listen to it and buy it. And, or whatever it is, the, whatever the goal is, is to it's, really it's just a, leave, 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 leave a, a footprint. And leave a footprint of yeah. time. That's what photos yeah. do. Because, like they because change is inevitable, man. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I know these images, because of the internet and whatnot, they'll be there forever and shit. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to erase them. You'll be able to go, go back to it. 
And I think documenting these things, the people, the community there, while it's still there, is important and shit. And maybe like Pancho Villa, and, and, and uh, they'll give people the strength to fight that and shit. So we still want this community to be like it was and yeah. shit. You know? yeah. And that's what the important thing is, is, is community. Cause, because where I live at, there's not there's no sense of community and shit. Mm. Um, I, I know my next door neighbors and that's it really. People down the street, you nobody communicates with each other. I remember back in in uh, my old neighborhood on eight seventh and shit that used to go borrow tortillas and shit from my neighbor. The lady down the street is watching you, yeah. And she'd call your mom if you're breaking, you know, glass on this end and shit, yeah. whatever. So <laughs> everybody felt responsible and they could whoop your ass and shit, yeah. you know, if you were doing bad and shit. Yeah. And I think that's what I miss. And I know it's it's a it's it's a reach to to try to even form any, anything like that where I live at. It won't be there, but I still got these memories and I got these stories to tell that it, it, it might resonate with somebody. And it's like, yeah, we need to have that kind of community and shit. Mm -hmm. That has to be reinvented. That has to be reinvented because what we got used to was just us suffering so much that we we can reach out to somebody who cares. Yeah. Right. But then, you know, we get a little success or we have a little bit of money or someone goes to school and someone gets a good job and now we're better than them. Yeah. So we have to reinvent what community means. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with my superfood store is try to reinvent what community means because it doesn't mean that we have to stay struggling and poor right, and right. being happy that we have to like, oh, wow, I'm happy that there's a neighbor that can give me tortillas. It's like, no, we have to come together as a community to take care of ourselves, to sustain ourselves and, to com and completely love ourselves. Because once we do that, then, then we're free of colonial manipulation because we have our own sense of community and our own ability to take care of ourselves absolutely and we're about to go ahead and bring matatsin on board we're going to get his perspective on this whole conversation he's been listening to this the okay, whole time cool. man absolutely <laughs> hey how's it going dynamite dynamite show dynamite show <laughs> <laughs> you know what welcome back Matatsin, right, Matatsin, he's back in town. How was how were your trips in Mexico? Oh, incredible, incredible. Everything, everything is incredible. Um, Absolutely. I want to thank very much uh, your guest because all this time been bringing all these memories back to my to my mind too. Grandfathers, <laughs> uncles. Right, right. Especially right now at this time that um, uh, like you mentioned already that uh so many people have been suffering right we've lost so many good and beautiful people this past couple of years mm -hmm. like things we never imagined young friends young older but uh at this time thank goodness for for those photos thank goodness for the photographs thank goodness for that the, that we can relive those moments of those pictures that we've taken here and there mm -hmm. and uh and once again your guest makes it uh alive you know in other words it's not just a picture of of uh, something intimate, right? But it's something that that makes you live again, I believe. Absolutely. Know? And so I'm so I'm so glad and so happy about. It. That's interesting that you say that, Uncle, because we just passed through what you know we've me and my family have religiously been been a kind of putting together and offering an, an altar on this day on on the day of the first and the second for the muertos. And we use photos. Exactly. We use photos to put on this altar so that we remember them. Talk a little bit about that, Uncle. What 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 is the Day of the Dead, and how how do we get caught up in it? And 
how are we building these these altars to these ancestors that we don't want to forget that we refuse to 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 leave behind hello did he freeze yeah i think he just froze up go ahead and give him a break Hopefully it'll. Well, he was staying there for a while. Yeah. Anyways, but we just we just recently went through the Day of the Dead, and um, I'm gonna let's see it. Here he comes. Here we go, Matt. Yeah, I'm I'm using my I'm using my phone as my as my Wi-Fi, so it kind of went off. Okay. Uh, but mainly, uh, I just wanted to share a, a couple of things real quickly. Because, Absolutely. Uh, the timing, you mentioned the timing is so special right now. Mm-hmm. Right now we're in the last 13 day cycle of a Tonal Poali of a 260-day sacred count, the count mm-hmm. of the human being. And uh, we're in the day only in movement. So we just got three more days after today. Flint, rain, and flower. And there'll be flower 13. That means the next day will be one sipakti, and we begin a whole cycle again. It, it, it's so important, I believe, that we have an opportunity to get on the count and don't lose this count again. So we say today is 10, uh, the day 10 uh, movement. Olin, mm-hmm. and uh, tomorrow, 11 flint, then 12 rain, and 13 flower. Completion, okay? Now, the Tonatpoali count is so special. And right now, we just came from, uh, we've just been celebrating, and still celebrating, many people are, the, what we call the Day of the Dead. And mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine uh, said that we have to decolonize the Day of the Dead, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and remember what it's, what it's kind of really about. Right. And, uh, but, but mainly... It's important because people take into account this time. They build their altars, you know, you know, uh, to respect those that have gone before us. Okay, and that's so so important because all of us, all of us, are standing on somebody else's shoulder. All of us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone helped us. You know, there was someone there that was willing to and to 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 be there for us, and wasn't always in the limelight and stuff like that. You know, most of the people are not in the limelight, right? Most of the people doing the heavy heavy work. Or just doing the work, because part part of their. Oh wow, that's powerful, man! He yeah. was getting into it. That, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. He was definitely getting into it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's probably co- coming on and off, but we got something you know set up very special for Matazine. Uh, hopefully, we could do a workshop with them at the Manalani su- Superfoods. Okay. And uh, I'm just so happy he 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 contributed to today's episode. And it's relevant because, you know, we use photos to do the altares for the exactly. day. Exactly. We, we need those um, memories so that we can remember. So that, that's how important these things are. And, and also to share uh, when family does come and they're like, oh, I didn't know who's this. And yeah. This is who this was. This, yeah. this is my, my uncle, my cousin. This and that that passed. And this and that. And we have those to commemorate them. And to kind of uh, tell their story or it'll bring up the stories of when you were with them and whatnot, like the, or how do you respected them through that image mm-hmm. again, because they, they leave a source of energy through that. Absolutely. So we have to pick up on that. And I think that's why they're important, especially for the altars. Yeah. And that's why we use them all the time. It's, in. it's interesting that you say that because, you know, when you say like, you know, family member comes in and goes, oh, well, who's this person on the yeah. altar? I mean, my partner didn't get to meet her grandparents. So all she has is these photos, right? That's how she meets them. That's how she connects with them. That's how she feels them through these photos. So they're very important. They're not something that should be taken for granted and stored on a phone and and just 
you know, forgotten. I mean, they, they, they play an important role in our lives. And um, yeah, keep going, Uncle. We're just okay, okay, okay. time until you get back on. So yeah, thank you. Awesome, thank you so much. Beautiful wisdom. And we always, you yeah, know, yeah, I dig we that always, too. we I always dig learn that. when you, when you come on. Yes, let's go. Let's go to this. Uh, let's see if I can try to get give give you a little bit of a uh, information that we have right here. So you're saying we got three more days before the completion of the Tonapowali, right? Exactly, exactly. And the the Tonapowali is a count of 260 days. Okay, and we had another 13 days, 273, and that's the time of the gestation of the human being. So, so important that we get back into this rhythm, back into the rhythm we call the rhythm that we're born in. And uh, I was trying to get get something on here for and, and just go through it real quickly. I don't know if you can see my screen right now. Can you? No, we cannot, Matasi. No. You cannot. Okay, okay. Then, uh, then um, I just have to tell you about it. <laughs> okay, so, that's all good. As I say, we're on the day only, the day movement. Okay. Mm. So every day has got a companion that we call Ilwika Posintli, Respectable Cosmic Companion. <clears throat> and it represents the potential that exists in a piece of time to fulfill the mission. So we're going to be going through a, a brand new cycle. And uh, let me see if you can see this one here. <clears throat> can you see this one? Hold on. Yeah. Now we're okay. good. There it is. The, the day today, 10 Olin movement. Mm. Okay, that's guided, wow, okay. that's guided by that's guided by what we call right here Cholo Tecutli. This mm. is actually Venus as the evening star, and you mm. you can see it was out there tonight, brighter than ever. Here we are in this 13 day piece of time. See, it's the rabbit, it's the last one. And see, we're approximately right here on Olin, and it's guided by these two companions that we call Shutekutli on the left and Chipetotec on the right. Okay, mm. at the same time. We have a companion that we call a companion of the night. Happens to be this little guy right here, Pitsinte Kutli. This is actually the color spectrum, what allows us to see colors. So all of these names and images are just very scientific and and, and uh, at the same time uh, astronomical. This is the guide of the day today because of number 10 that we're in. We're guided by this uh, Tecolote, the, the owl. And we're in the year nine house. Now, I want to invite you to, to check out my, my website only because you can see it every day, every moment that we're in. Mm. But right now we're in this piece of time. Okay. And uh, it's guided by Tlaxo. Dang it. I think he froze up again. Yeah, we're going to make sure we're going to post Matasin's yeah. website on this show. I'm interested thank in you, that. There. Thank you, Matasin, for contributing to this to this podcast um his wise words meant so much right zero yeah well he's trying to get us back on a cycle that's very important so in the tona Bowali, there's um i think yeah, tona Bowali, there's 260 days they're sacred right and they're numbered and each each 20 day sign has 13 days right it, it has its 13 day and then it goes to 13 and then the next one takes its first first day so what he's trying to say is that sipatli which is the first day of the calendar is going to hit one so it's going to be one sipakli and that's a completion of a 260 day count and that's an important time to kind of i was i was explaining this to to somebody who came into the shop a young man 
I told him, look, Western time and our time is very, very different. We look at time as I'm late. I got to go somewhere. Right. When they looked at time was, oh, this person's coming. Oh, this energy's coming. Oh, I have to be prepared. Not late. You understand? Yeah. They're ready for it all the time. So, yeah, if, if he can come back on. I mean, he's back on. Are, 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 we back, are we back again? We're yeah, back sir. again. We'll keep coming back in, until your, your statement is done, Uncle. I mean, yeah. I know. You're coming off your phone, so we're going to be patient. Hopefully, LA natives be patient that, that we're, you know, we're not a rich millionaire, or, you know, <laughs> conglomerate that could, you know, set out, you know, satellite, you know, Wi-Fi cameras. We're going to do what we can, and it, the floor is yours, Uncle, all the time. Okay, thank you so much. This is, uh, this is exactly what, what we want to do here. We want to share just a little bit, and um, so hopefully you, you can see what we got here. Let me see. Here we go. I'm gonna go uh, quickly through this. You can see my screen now, right? Yes. Okay, this right here is a Tonal Powali, okay? Now look okay. at this. They call them the gods of life and death, but however, it's not. That's Quetzalcoatl, they're on the right, and Mictlantecutli. Mictlantecutli is actually is actually the guide of abundant transformation, okay? And that's why mm -hmm. he's in the maternal womb. This is the maternal womb here. Down here in the bottom, you see the crocodile, see? And then you travel 12 more little dots, and then you get to the jaguar. You come back and forth, the deer, the flower, it's going back and forth like this. So now we're here in the rabbit, and we're way down to this point. So that's why I said just three more days, and then we begin again. And so this is very special that, that, that we have here. I want to go real quickly to, to, the, to the signs that you will see. So the first one is the crocodile, and then comes the jaguar. Look at this. Look at the beautiful things here. The deer, the flower, the reed, the skull, the rain. So this is all in what we call the Cortes Borgia nowadays. The, the herb, see, the serpent, the flint. This happens to be my 13-day cycle. I really love to see this. It tells me about my mission to plant the seed of transformation of the sun into the people. We all have our mission cut out for us, and, and it's written in these books. Remember one thing I say, it's not about us, okay? It's about time. So it's not really, I'm not the jaguar, I'm not the eagle, but the day is. And if I take advantage of that time, I can make things happen, make things uh, become more real to me, because I'm not going to take anything for granted. Here we got the lizard. Here we got movement. Here we had the day of the dog guiding this 13-day cycle. Here the the year that's giving the day of the house. So these are all 13 day periods, and you can see these are all a lot of action is happening in these 13 day periods. And our lives are actually painted in these 13 day periods. So it's very important for us to get this information. Now here we are today, and this information right here, on the day 13 read. Excuse me, 13 uh 10 movement right here. Olin. this is shoot goodly. That's the light of the sun when it's directly above our heads. And this is Chipet Totec, our guide that helps us shed our old skin. It's not the skin of man. It's, it's uh, as a serpent sheds its old skin. This is uh, has been colored, but nonetheless, it's an original image as well. This image right here. And you can see this image. It's actually the same thing as we're looking at. It's a 13-day it's, it's a cycle. This is interesting. If you can see my little hand moving here. It starts right here with the crocodile, and it comes up to the jaguar, 
and into the deer, the flower, through the reed. You see that? It's going in 13-day cycles. But you know what? This is a different codex. It's not even the same one. So they, they, think, they try to tell us, as you said already in another uh, instance, that a lot of times things are meant to divide us. But this here was meant to bring us all together because this is not, like they said, it's not a, it's not, I nicely all the time, right? It's not a Gnostic thing. It's not an Indian thing. And it's not even a Mexican thing. It's a human experience. And all this Absolutely. information is found right here in this calendar system. You know, that's why this is so, so very, very special. And uh, I think that we have something very important to share. Again, the time has come. 500 years. This, we is, lost them. this is this is dope information on there though. Uh, and as he's saying, uh, with these days coming up, and that calendar is sort of like a, a, a guide, a, a map for us to when when we should make moves. Well, what it is is that our ancestors studied nature, our ancestors studied nature so long that they put symbols on each day, right? right. And those symbols have a number right and they go through cyclical cycles of 260 days and each one has its energy so when you when you think of the energy of let's say the day flower right you don't just go and go i'm going to mimic a flower but you start to break down why a flower is a flower right right and you use those thoughts in your day because you're in the energy of that right right like let's say for instance the skull right the skull represents a person's death or whatever but within that death there's reflection the reflection of your life maybe you wanted to go do a photo shoot that you haven't done yet on that day you go i'm gonna go do that photo shoot yeah. that i never and we see how we're gonna start to move within the energies of this sacred calendar and it's all tied in yeah right to the human experience so that's that's basically what what uncle masatsin is trying to convey but they're very intricate and the more we study it the more we we get him to talk about it the more it opens up these doors but and there's more to come and you know what i'm gonna be honest with you i want to set up a photo shoot between you and masatsin you know every picture that i've seen of him it's always dope as fuck right mm -hmm. Cyril? yeah he's really he's he's a, he's a oh man he's such a cool guy uh, he's a great I, I he's my elder you know he's my elder in the sense that he teaches us things that the concepts and the time that he put into figuring these things out for us not Absolutely. for us but like to share, as he says, it's not an Aztec thing. It's not a Mexican thing. Human this thing. is science and, and, and what people call religion, right? We, right now we follow a Greco Roman calendar that only tells us to go to work, pay your taxes. Don't be late. Right. This concept of time is very, very different from that. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let all my audience know, um, his website's going to be on the bottom of, of this video. You could purchase his posters, his booklets right on our website. You could go to the Mananali Superfood store. We have his products there. Absolutely. Um, let's go back to the altar. From, from what I know, it, it's now you guys have extended the altar 
yeah to have more people be involved right well what we did with jenny with jenny's intent well it was a communal intention but she's the one that they thought of it is to put out another table and then if you wanted to bring like something that reminded you of maybe your grandfather or somebody you love that passed away you know or a photo a poem some saying that you could leave it at our altar and that way we're as a community okay remembering together right and 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 to not maybe harp over the death but more you know jenny's always you know the first thing she did when we got into the shop on on day of the dead was she put cumbias on and she's like, i'm gonna dance with my dad because my dad loved to yeah. dance and and she was so happy and she had a big smile on her face and she was remembering her dad she was in mourning her dad she was living with her dad because her dad lives inside of her right right just like those great like as masatin is explaining these these petro these glyphs right these these glyphs that were written in books they're photos bro yeah they're photos they just tell a different story they're a different technology right the technology of one's intention to bring science and the un, the unknowing you'll never know it that's what people call religion together in a system that continues to move whether we pay attention to it or not absolutely and that's why it's so important that when we have an uncle like masatin come and share his his message with us that we pay attention that we do whatever we can to be involved in learning this because it's ours it's not only ours it's humanity's yeah when humanity gets on the right tip on the right energies then as a community as a global community we see large amounts of change happen and these are the type of surprise guests that we have you know uh spontaneous guests and i'm so honored to have matsatsin on this one yeah. because you know it's exposing him to to someone like yourself cisco well you know? i mean listening to elders is a is a is a lost <laughs> art. Basically lost art yeah. uh we we have to we have to put our ears and our attention to what they have to say yeah uh it's kind of like you with 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 the with the individual that lived in your neighborhood yeah. who's 80 years old like how many people go up to him and say hey tell me the old and, stories and of he, back in the past get that. so when i when i sit back and and, and ask him these questions he because he, he's reliving a lot of this stuff too and and that's what they're here for like i have a, i have a a, a a statement that i made to a lot of a lot of younger cats we have to watch who we are and what we learn and what we contribute to society too because uh, along with age we can become old bastards or we mm -hmm. can become elders and shit mm -hmm. you know and that's important to me mm -hmm. to have a sense of knowledge of who we are you know if, if even if i don't go back to to our indigenous foundation right but if stuff that i learned from my community from my elders and yeah, stuff too absolutely you know it's it's, it's not only uh i think it's an obligation mm. of us to, to share this with the youth even if if they're not readily there to, to hear us we have to, to share it to can because we like i said we have to plant the seed and leave a footprint of the traditions and and uh that that we learned right through either our urban society and shit and and the era that we were born in and we're raised in because there's a lot that we have we have to share a lot of knowledge too that we've gained through that well so, one day we're going to be in the position of having to share what we experienced exactly and, and how how that's going to tie in but that, that's why i think our, our voices are important uh if you have good intention for Right. Of course, we don't need bullshit being, being 
well, spat out, you know. But that's our job to decipher yeah. whether, exactly. like, like to me, like, even my Christian whatever yeah. uncle or aunt who has really solid advice that I don't blow them off because they're coming from that perspective right, right. because their intention is to help me. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that I go, okay, cool. I'm going to go do my rosemary prayer or whatever they're suggesting. Right, right. But um, with that being said though, we do have to pay attention to our elders. We do have to give them the voice and the opportunity. I see Masatin, we'll, we'll let them do it one more time right. and then just let them know that, you know, after after this um, this attempt that we have to move forward because we have a couple more minutes left. Yeah. So let's, let's get give some it final yeah. words from Masatin. Let's, get, let's give it to let's give the floor to Masatin because man, well, whenever I'm to share everybody out there. Remember. Yeah. This is Real quick, regardless of nationality, place of origin, where you come from, this is cosmic identity. And we're going to learn how to see with our eyes closed, see with our corazón. Because mm. what the brother was talking about earlier, that's exactly what it's about. It, it, it's wherever you come from, wherever you're at, but that's your that's your home, that's your life. And what do you want to do? Share with others. And that's what important what you said, uh, Zero, that, that please, please talk to your grandpa, talk to your uncle, talk. These are the heroes. That's These important. are the elders. And don't be disrespectful to any elder because they have something special for you. They really, mm. really do. Mm. Even if it's just maybe not be like them or maybe follow them. But in other words, they're an example for us. Okay. And it's a lesson, lesson learned from them too. So, Wow, that was a good yeah, that's dope. last words right there, Zero. Yeah. Uh, and, it, we, and we got can, more to come, yeah. you know. We can have Matasin on here for five, six hours straight. Man. I want, I want to, I want to get will, with like, my man right there too. He will have our ears all day, every day. But you know, we definitely got some uh, projects in the works yeah. for our audience. Man, sir, we got a lot of people tuning in right now. It's, a, it, it's almost literally uh, eleven p.m. and we have a full house. <laughs> so you know, well, I, I want to thank all of our, all of our listeners, all of our viewers. Right, zero. It just means so much to us. Absolutely. Um, I want to thank DJ Warlock One for providing the the ambiance and ability to have some cool ass music. Yeah, and I've been uh, listening to it in the background. It's been dope. Bro, man. I, I mean, was like, I'm yeah. trying to fight myself from spinning the verse, bro. <laughs> like just like randomly, just out of there in the middle of them talking, yeah. I'm gonna spit a verse. You know, like, nah, I love my brother nah, DJ I'm Warlock. I'm to be here, man. Uh, you know. Uh, whenever I can, I'll be here. You know, uh, absolutely. You're always welcome. Anytime. You got. Sure you got a VIP pass, bro. Whenever you want to come in and, and make sure thing. everyone follows DJ Warlock One on, exactly. on, on on Instagram, on YouTube. Check out all of his production. He's made tracks with Jag, Azamali, Sub One, Zero Velvu, plus many more. And his by the time his he's done, you know, well, he's not probably ever going to be done until maybe he's resting, but. Until then, he's gonna be making bangers with whoever's in front of him because he has so much experience and love for his craft. Um, in the terms of Masatin, you know, we have the Malinali Kali, and in that Malinali Kali, we're gonna have Masatin come for as long as he wants and speak for as long as he wants. And uh, unfortunately, we have technical difficulties on our side and his side, and you know, but I'm glad that he chimed in and he talked about what he talked about and the importance of we have three days to get on a cycle that is coming to completion, right? He showed us an example of Miklantecutli and Quetzalcoatl in the back, back, you know, back to back. And that whole sequence of, of information is a 260 day cycle is what I got out from his, 
his explanation. Um, we're, we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this information. Because Uncle Masatzin is a part of LA Natives. He will always be a part of LA Natives. And, and um, once we get the, the, the kinks, you know, he's, he's a very busy man too. So, you know, he, not, he doesn't just lecture here. He lectures everywhere and wherever he can. And so I want to thank him for coming on. I want to thank Cisco for coming on. I want to thank him too. Yeah. Thank, keep, keep doing the good work, Uncle Masatzin. And, and let's, let's give me a phone call so we can set up the workshop at Malinali. And we can have it properly um, promoted. We can have a packed house. And every it's time. It's our time. And we, we have a house for you now. Whenever you're in, in Los Angeles, we need to um, schedule a workshop. It's kind of hard to do it like when you get here one day. But um, with time, like you say, it's important. And, and we'll definitely give... Uncle Masatsin, the floor that he deserves. And we'll have to get him back on the podcast for an episode of just, Absolutely. Of just Masatsin. Yeah. yeah, man. We're, we're going to be releasing some exclusive content with some some pre-recorded content that we could release on YouTube, right. Patreon, you know, onto our Spotify. Uh, you know, I want to make an announcement. You know, we're, we're, we're the first of its kind podcast to make it onto Spotify video. So now we're tapping into a whole different mm. range of audience. Errol. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? it's it's cool because people want to see the person that the personality they're talking to some people don't some people like to just play and then they work and they and they do their thing but there's a whole other audience that wants to see the characters behind the behind spotify is blowing up and and it's an honor for for la natives podcast las asla natives podcast Mm. uh mexica indigenous indigenous hip-hop native it's truly one of a kind right Cisco yeah. and for us to yeah. be uh qualified and now uh present our videos on Spotify it just it, it's it's a blessing and and you know it just goes to show that we need to continue to move forward we're going to be dedicated once a week right zero we're all busy men mm-hmm. right we're all influencers entrepreneurs whatnot but you know we're doing this for you guys and we really appreciate everyone tuning in absolutely I want to thank everybody who has gone to Malinali Superfoods, which is located at 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. Um, thank you for supporting us, for coming out, for sharing it with your family, for bringing your kids and knowing that we're giving them a, a healthy product. It's not something that's going to harm them or make them addicted to what we sell. Um, the main reason that me and my partner really put all of all of our we put it we gambled it all yeah. it was like let's do this with the intention to bring a community together that that has been starving for information and that's why i'm so happy that we have a connection with my and he has his information at our at our storefront and he has his posters and we'll continue to have that for you as long as he allows us to take care of that for him and um, I just want to let him know that we love him very much and that he that I'm so happy that you think of us right away when you get into town and and you start to communicate and, and he knows that you know we're here to proliferate his message his message is going to get all across Anawak and and we have to do it um, to our best of our ability and and he has so much I mean the brother like a five minute conversation isn't justice like 10 minutes with Masatin isn't like you almost want to go you know shout out to sub one you know i just recently heard his his new track and he actually sampled some of matasin's vocals off of our podcast to his new track so 
Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. You know, jam-packed episode. I can't wait for all of our Spotify listeners and our uh, people who couldn't make it live today to watch it on YouTube. Uh, much love and respect. Any final words, Earl? Yes. I want to say um, thank you once again to Cisco for breaking down how you see photos. Uh, because that was the most important thing. Yeah, like I think how- that, that, that's the message that I always want to convey to so we could all of the community see the importance of, of recording our preserving moments, them, preserving our moments here, and, and making them tangible, you know, exactly making them, printing them out and, 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 uh, and really admiring them, admiring the essence that was captured there. Right. And, and having that new respect. So I hope the community out there really digested what, what, uh, really pro, a professional photographer's, you know, he, he let us into his world and let us see his mind and know that those photos are very special. And we shouldn't we shouldn't take any photo for granted because the, the person that we're capturing, we really love. Right? Exactly. And maybe one day we'll have to use that in, in whatever capacity that we need to use, whether it be, you know, long time from now and you're 80 years old and you're looking at that picture that you took right. a while ago. Right? A, a lot of that, like I, I said before, is uh, it's almost on a selfish end with me because. I made a statement where if if I, I you know if my memory fails me, I'll have these images to to remind me of where I've been and who I've met. Mm. You know what what a what an, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. way of looking at things and and having a a, a deep appreciation for photos. It, it shows me that I've lived, Absolutely. you know, and I've met people. Yeah. you know, yeah. and I think that's the most important thing about photography for me is that. That I've 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 connected with different souls and shit and uh, different communities, and and connected with them and I've captured these memories. Yeah, and that's that's like the dopest thing to me. Shit, Absolutely. To do that. Well, thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, LA natives, for tuning in, chiming in, sending a comment. And uh, as you know, we are working on the extended um, footage to come coming soon. Um, stay tuned for Masatin's workshop at the Malenali Kali. Um, and just, you know, oh, before we leave, November 7th, 4528 Whittier Boulevard, we are going to start the new fire. We are going to put a community together that loves each other, that respects each other, that puts good products in front of each other so we can continue to thrive. Ain't no one going to take us off this continent. Ain't no one going to forget that we're native. Ain't no one going to try to snatch my children and tell them that they're something that they're not. Our people come from the heart. They've always came from the heart. The heart guided us every moment of the way. From the moment we came out of the womb to the moment we go back into it. And don't take your loved ones for granted. Remember them the day that they just passed. Come and join us on November 7th, 45, 28, Whittier Boulevard. We're going to have a huge, huge, grand opening to the public to let them know that we have Maestro Masa team. We have superfoods. We have plant-based foods. But most of all, we have family. I'll see you at November 7th, or I'll see you next Wednesday. Omateo, Tonansin, Tonatu. I love you all. Peace, fam. Peace.
Vengo desde centro de América Nativa Saludos mis ancestros que me miran desde arriba Puro marimbón desde la sala cocina Toda mi gente con el puño para arriba Este imperio les tiramos encima Soy un guerrillero, yo no soy capitalista Ese instrumental suena como una metralla DJ Walla Kwan en el ritmo nunca falla Con los puños en el aire Esta tribu aquí te trae Altiplano sigue el valle Sonido corta como Chaye Con los puños en el aire Esta tribu aquí te trae Altiplano sigue el valle si potes y patojos no queremos minerías Ya no queremos estas compañías Matándonos de hambre, robando las tortillas Tractores y represas traen pesadillas La CPO no se queda de rodillas Now you know, Exo Pipeline, tuberías De Jacking Land todos los días Alcaldes militares, presidentes, genocidas Con los puños en el aire Esta tribu aquí te trae Altiplano sigue el valle, sonido corta como Chaye, con los puños en el aire, esta tribu aquí te trae, altiplano sigue el valle. Con el puño en el aire represento a mis ancestros Miedo al invasor, nunca lo demuestro Con la mano izquierda arriba, puren hasta huesos Alerta con la enemiga porque a eso lo detesto No me presto ni me vendo, mucho menos me regalo Mentalidad al cien, no soy parte del rebaño De la hipnosis masiva, victimarios del engaño Somos guerreros mayas, ya fueron 500 años Con los puños en el aire Esta tribu aquí te trae Altiplano sigue el valle, sonido corta como Chaye, con los puños en el aire, esta tribu aquí te trae, Altiplano sigue el valle, sonido corta como Chaye, Chaye. No dispare, gamma hands up Don't shoot, don't shoot, pero no me rindo No dispare, no dispare, gamma hands up Don't shoot, don't shoot, pero no me rindo Manos arriba dice el puerco Cuando no está agonizando en el suelo casi muerto En no perder la vida yo me esfuerzo Mientras la autoridad planea aventarme en el puerto Ya no hay justicia, no hay compasión Si no somos de pie clara no llegamos a la estación Directito a la morgue Mientras que las vecinas no le pagan vacaciones y se esconde Chotas asesinos invasores matándonos por siglos Cricket white cats always killing us Gringos racistas terroristas son los mismos La nueva versión del fascismo Impuesto en la área metropolitana En las escuelas van a ver banquetas cuando suene la campana Planteles de acero y cemento en las ventanas No dispare, no dispare, gama hands up Don't shoot, don't shoot, pero no me rindo 